0: Hey guys, and welcome back to the SkullCast for episode 86. I feel like we should have hit 100 by now. We're five years in. I know this is on me. This is on nobody else but me. 100 episodes feels like (laughs) it should be within our grasp after five years. But uh, yeah, I guess at a month, you know, every one one podcast a month, most of the time, unless we're on hiatus. uh, I I guess we take after our our, after Mira a little bit on that. (laughs) But oh well, well, we'll get there eventually.
1: Quality over quantity, I say.
0: That's the idea. Yeah. I wouldn't want to record a 30-minute episode every week. That would be pretty bogus. There's not always something to say every week as as well. So we're here now that Berserk is back. The serialization is back. 348 is out as of this past Friday. And good news, of course, is that it, uh, it seems we'll be going monthly, at least for the foreseeable future. Uh 3.49 is confirmed for next month, 28th, the four, uh, 28th of April, and it sure seems like we'll get at least two or three more after that to fill up Volume 39. There was an advertisement, I guess it must have been in the, the most recent Young Animal, that said Volume 39 is due out in June, which puts a real time crunch on the remaining episodes to fill up the the, the, the episodes that are needed for that volume, so it sure
2: seems like we're getting at least two or three more after
0: mm-hmm. 3.49, so... Well, That's you know, uh,
2: like it was suggested in the thread, they probably, like uh, Hakusensha, probably just hoarded the episodes uh, in order to release them along with season two of uh, the new anime. So they yep. probably already got them, and they can, like, pump out the volume whatever they want. So Pump up the volume. That's good. I can't
0: wait. Yeah. It's pump going to be up the very jam.
2: Good. Yeah.
0: The, uh, since we last talked, actually, um, the second season of the uh, Berserk anime... It's got a date for April 7th. There's a teaser out, and if you haven't seen it, all I can really say is that the art and design team basically learned nothing from the period between.
3: They brought them back. They brought back the same team. All right. (laughs) All stars, baby. Yeah. It's almost as if
0: there was never really a gap in production. It's almost as if they were just (laughs) working in the background all along, and they never really changed up the team, which is, of course, what actually happened. Um, the same issues are going to persist throughout this thing, which is unfortunate. Um, in addition to that, uh, the new dub for the 2016 anime came out recently on Funimation, which is a partner with Crunchyroll, I learned. I did not know what Funimation was. In fact, I never wanted to say the words Funimation, but here I am saying
3: them. You never followed Funimation back in like the Dragon Ball days?
0: No. Is that, is that a thing that's a known quantity? I've never heard of it Yeah. Ones.
3: I okay. remember Funimation. They they were never very good, but
0: <laughs> huh. Well, now they. I'm seem sure like...
3: someone will come back and say some classic was done by Funimation, but.
0: Well, anyway, the dub apparently really sucks. Um, I saw a little bit of it, and um, I heard Guts say, "What does he say?" <laughs> that news is old. Um, yeah. but apparently,
1: oh god,
3: <laughs> I'd like to thank them for hiring me, though. I do appreciate the work, even for a first timer. <laughs>
0: The guy the guy that actually recorded that is apparently a Berserk fan. Uh the, his Twitter account was linked recently. On, I saw a, cu- a couple of retweets from him and he was making clang jokes and frying pan jokes about the Dragon Slayer sound effect. So he's in the know enough to know that joke, right? And apparently he is a fan of the series, so that's something. Uh but beyond that there are some script problems that uh I think it was Serath had pointed out in the thread that Basically, the script writers weren't aware that Serpico and Farnese's, um, you know, relationship as brother and sister or half brother half sister, uh, is not a known quantity to everybody except for Serpico. So Farnese will say to Serpico, "You told our father, didn't you?" And Jerome even is even in the know. He calls Serpico Farnese's flunky brother. So there's a major uh, issue. So their script.
1: secret relationship is no longer a secret.
0: That's right.
3: Well, that makes it easier. There's one reveal you don't have to do. <laughs>
0: I, I, I saw some funny rationalization of that as well. They were never going to show Serpico and Farnese's, you know, backstory anyway. So this terrible, ter- terribly written line just shortcuts that. You know, they they're just, streamlining just it,
3: man. Yeah,
0: totally it makes sense. <laughs> It's what good screenwriters do. It's hard to get upset about that personally, because I, I never really had expectations for a dub anyway. Uh, I didn't even like the original dub. Uh, God forbid I say that, since people seem to love it, but um, it, I never really had much expectation for this one either. So,
2: oh well. At this point, it sucks so much that it doesn't make any difference. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's just another another disappointment.
3: We're pretty yeah. much all that to make a nice transition. We're we're that guts dog dragging the coffin through the hellscape,
1: <laughs> with with
3: these berserk <laughs> animes at this point.
1: Every every new dub is a, another stick in the ribs.
3: Yeah.
0: We <laughs> could just replace the falcon insignia on that coffin with like the logo for the anime that exactly. angular looking berserk. Thing. <laughs> oh boy! Although <laughs> I would have what's, bit that chain in half on What's one more spear
3: in the back? You know.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Getting closer to 348, uh, the Young Animal cover had a new Mira digital illustration on it of Guts holding the Dragon Slayer. Yep. Mm-mm. Um, his skin's particularly yellow. Uh, it seems a little strange, the color toning, but maybe there's something else go- it going on in terms of the coloring of that scene because, uh, there's yeah. obviously some blue tints and red tint there and his skin just looks a little strange as a result.
1: I was going to ask about that. Uh, Gobbs and I are still waiting on our physical copy of The Young Animal. Does anyone have, like, the actual copy yet?
2: No, it's
0: not
1: arrived yet. Yeah. I was just wondering if it looks different in person or if it actually looks that yellow.
2: I think the uh, the scan we saw might be a bit off, but it probably is kind of yellowish. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's done illustrations before where he went for that kind of shade, so... Mm -hmm. i mean and then you know it might just be a matter of uh when it was you know i mean they always adjust pictures for these kind of things you know when they put together the cover and stuff so it might just be a a matter of uh, you know scaling it up or down and just you know more saturation more yellowish but yeah Yeah. it it does look a a bit yellow yeah that's true
1: but Yeah, I mean, I feel like there wasn't too much to say about this new illustration. I mean, obviously, it's typical mirror, very nicely detailed. Mm -hmm. I wish we could see a little bit more of it, but that dang bikini lady, it's blocking the view.
2: (laughs) Yeah, uh, the boobs are in the way.
1: The boobs are in the way and her really odd looking wig. But, you know, it's just a typical, (laughs) typical cover young animal, I guess, with the berserk spin to it so yeah, yeah sometimes is
3: uh, so so busy uh, continually checking the preview at work i did not appreciate the boob lady <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> makes it
1: really hard to you know keep it professional when you're reading berserk at work
0: <laughs> yeah the um it looks about what i, I don't know there's a, there's, a, there's a blur effect happening on it that seems kind of like all over the place to me like it's uh where the – what do you call that? The guard? It's not even a guard on the Dragon Slayer. It's just what holds the sword together. That thing is perfectly mm-hmm. in focus. And it, I like the detail on it. But then the blade itself is kind of blurry. His hand is blurry. And then his metal arm is, is in focus. It's just some, some weird blurring effect that's happening on the texture. Some of the textures, I think.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know if it's bl- blurring. Like, I don't know if it's an intentional blurring. But it's like trying to show the f- – difference in the texture of the fabric mm-hmm. compared to yeah. the metal, and that's mm. maybe not working as successfully as the rest of it.
0: Also, yeah, I'd love to see the full a,
2: thing. <laughs> it's a blur effect. Mm.
0: Oh,
1: really? Oh, I can't really tell.
0: Some things are in focus, some things aren't in focus. That's all I can really say about it, whether it's blur or not. Um, I would love yeah. to see the full thing. All I can see is Guts face in a part of the Dragon Slayer. There's clearly more going on here with the lighting, uh, but, uh, oh well, we can't really see it. Anyway, moving on to the main event, 348, which Puella has translated as crepuscular wilderness. Uh, What do you guys think? We are finally deep within Casca's mind, the eclipse over the whole thing. Uh, We're finally here.
2: Well, there's a lot to say. I mean, obviously, it's a big deal like we always knew it would be. And, uh, I mean, we we were already kind of spoiled because we got the preview from, uh, you know, the guidebook. So, um, you know, even though it was just sketches uh, that gave us uh, a lot of information. So that's confirmed, you know, there's a dog. The dog is Guts. He's dragging a coffin. The coffin is a, a broken doll, which is a representation of Casca. I think... Um, I think it's a good introduction to what I feel will be, you know, a few episodes, several even I would say, that will uh, delve deeper into Casca's mind. So it's a pretty good, uh, I think, um, start and it kind of gives us, uh, you know, the picture of what it will be like, which is a lot of symbolism, a lot of things that will appear uh, different to what they are in the real world, but will have big meanings, that kind of stuff. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: It's a pretty dark inner core. Like, compared to just sort of, you know, Casca's, you know, outside personality and, you know, what they were seeing uh, earlier as they were delving into her mind. And now it's like, you know, whoa, this is pretty uh, pretty frightening, a horrible place inside. It's a
0: crippling image, the the broken doll, a broken, almost ceramic doll. It's a pretty crippling image, just thinking about what brought that to happen, what her mind must be like, what how she must be feeling about all these things. And, like, even the scenery is kind of like a form of eavesdropping on this character who we haven't heard from in more than 20 years in real time. So it's, uh I think, I think we're, we're taking some of that for granted, like how awesome this is that we're finally oh, learning yeah. her perceptions of things, even though I think too much has been said about the symbolism of things and what her perception of things is because this is a dream. I feel like some aspects of her perception of guts and, and him defending her are her subconscious informing her perception, but like I feel like some of these perceptions might change as we go deeper into her mind. I don't, I don't know that it's completely grounded as guts as the dog as the protector. It's not going to vary as we go further.
2: What you're trying to say is that you don't think we will not see guts uh, sexual assault on Casca in volume no, twenty three, uh, n- not even being addressed. Listen to that, you- not even, not even close. All right. Because that sounded like what you were going for. And I think, you know, like if we, you just take the dog imagery, um, <clears throat> you know, there's a lot, there's already a lot to say about that without saying that it's going to change later on, which is, you know, I mean, we, we see the dog, yeah, defending the coffin, but at the same time, it's also dragging an inert object without like, we, we don't actually know what Casca's desire or wish is in this. You know, she's just this inert thing being dragged around by the dog we see the dog fight uh, these things but you know like it's not shown necessarily in a particularly benevolent you know aspect we see it's very you know like uh, ferocious that kind of stuff so there's already a lot to say here and i mean i think it's just you know this aspect of guts and casca traveling together doing that kind of stuff it's been you know it, it went on for a while so i think it's normal we get to see that but yeah definitely it's gonna you know you know we're going to see more things later on as as they progress. but i mean i don't think i don't think people are going too far in the way they interpret this i mean i'm i'm not really sure what you what you meant by your remark
0: i'm trying to remember exactly what i said i didn't think what i said was that crazy <laughs> um, <No. laughs> i
2: think,
0: you were I think what i said of was just giving
3: a general uh, sort of outline of you know the where the dream is and how it might change or not change going Yeah over, yeah right? as
0: the, We've already seen yeah. – this is our this is our fourth iteration of Dreamworld. You know, of course, we saw individuals. We saw Shirke's mind. We saw Farnese's mind. We saw the surface Casca, if you want to call her, her mind. And now we're seeing inner Casca in her mind. I just wonder if we'll be treated to different aspects as we go deeper or if this is where we are. And if we do indeed transition, will the per- her perception of Guts as this guardian dog remain the same or will it evolve as we get deeper and closer to mm. the, the, event, mm. the event itself?
3: Will Will he basically get to transform into a man and walk upright? You know that would be. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, this
0: this this wasteland clearly represents you know her travels with guts as as Zeal said the the specters attacking nightly
3: and something that sort of occurred to me just looking at the the backgrounds and the two page spread is it looks very much like you know how you could imagine the the realm where the eclipse took place post-eclipse i mean it's very could be very literal and figurative kind of a post-eclipse space like she's still there you Mm -hmm. know like it's over and everyone's dead but i mean you know it's got the black sun in the sky we see that mountain in the distance that could be the hand or at least representing it
2: it also kind of reminds me of uh, a battlefield you know a kind of like what would be left after a battlefield with these like the torn flags, you know, flapping in the wind under a kind of desolate, you know, uh, plane, that kind of stuff. Uh, there's there's I don't know, debris just,
3: everywhere flying around.
2: Yeah, well, you know, it's like hmm. when when you think about, for example, the, the kind of scenes we see in the uh, Golden Age arc, you know, you see Doldre, you see these big, you know, uh, planes where this guy fight, and after that when we, it is a few times we see scenes of all these, you know, bodies lying around and, you know, broken stuff. I mean, here there's no bodies, at least not yet, but I feel like this is a kind of uh, scenery uh, background that would go well with this kind of stuff.
0: I, I think even that might be too literal because I think the, the, the flat wasteland aspect is merely the absence of objects. Like we're seeing some things come into focus that, that matter to this you know what we're, the story we're being treated to. The specters are there in a form. Uh, they have to focus their eyes before they see the the, the mountain. They, they they eventually see the dog as they come into focus. I, I feel like it is it is barren for the purpose of being barren because this is supposed to be a kind of a vacant place, like devoid of life, devoid of Me- most features except these negative things. I think that's well, all there is yeah. To it. I,
2: I, well, I mean, you know, like so... <laughs> The thing is, since it's only a new dream, and uh, we've been told, uh, you know, times ag- and times again that it's very symbolic and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, it's gonna be hard to, you know, uh, you know how to say, it, distinguish what's, you know, it's supposed to be literal. evocative. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not even a matter of literal. But for example, as we've been saying in the thread, uh, you know, the big, you know, shape we see in the distance, uh, the spiky mountains, the pyramid, whatever, you know, the needle, just. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just the fact it's, you know, under a black sun, you know, and it's towering in the distance, you know, that's, you know, it, it evokes the hand during the eclipse, you know, it's, it's probably not going to be a hand, it's, it might not even re- directly refer to that, but, you know, it evokes it. So, and because it's in a dream, you know, like, um, you can't really say, well, it's not connected, because, you know, that's that's kind of stuff when griff says oh well it might be reminiscent of uh the place where the eclipse took place i mean yeah the black sun is in the sky so sure so you know i think all these things why not might not necessarily hint at a specific thing like a battlefield whatever but i think it's hard to not to say that it doesn't come into it even maybe just a little bit you know like all these little aspects of her life her perception and i think uh, the more we'll go, uh, you know, you know, deep in our consciousness and whatever, uh, the more we'll see a lot of influence mingling together like that. I mean, it's, it's kind of like what happened with Farnese, you know, when she was scrubbing clothes and, you know, she was using Mosgu's head as a, you know, scrubbing stone and <laughs> Gus was there and, you know, and it, she's mixing her, you know, past life and present life and stuff that doesn't make sense. There's the kind of stuff that happens mm-hmm. in a dream. So, yeah, I, I think it's, you know, it's going to be tough to decide what's not a reference of what is and to what degree and so on. I think it's very brave
0: of Mira to go into someone's mind like this, again, a character we haven't heard from in 20 years and not immediately latch on to obvious like landmarks for milestones for readers, right? Like apart from what we have is the Falcon insignia, right? Which is more used narratively for Shiroke to immediately identify this as potentially Casca and, her association with guts and all that putting that aside there's no like ghosts of pippin and ghosts of judo here it's merely it's a it's a unique this
3: is a dangerous compliment
0: <laughs> yeah i know
3: next episode two two 249 memory lane <laughs>
0: 349 ghost judo <laughs> my point <laughs> is this is the first this is our first glimpse into the inner parts of castles mind and it's a basically a foreign environment apart from the eclipse ab- above us you know and I thought that was very. Cool. It's,
3: yeah, it seems like sort of a new thing that represents a lot of these things, you know, rather you know, symbolically, like we've been discussing, rather than you know, like oh, you know, yeah, there's the ghost of Christmas past, you know. Yep.
2: <laughs> I think it. Uh, I think it makes sense. Like I think when you, I mean, of course, it's obvious to say that now, but when I when I see this, and now I have you know a hard time imagining anything else it could be, you know, because yeah. I think. Again, I mean, Mura's taken a long time to to come up with these things, and I think he's done a really, a really great job. I mean, the fact the first thing we saw was a black sun. It's you know, even it just the way it ties into Gus' own trauma and nightmares and that kind of stuff. It's already so great, you know. I mean, obviously, obviously that would have, you know, I mean, that was sure to be the case. So it, you know, it was no doubt, but it's still, it's still fucking great. And then. Uh, I mean, when you try to, hot say, distillate, you know, uh, to the core, Casca's life right now, how she sees herself, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't really picture her comrades or everything. She just sees herself as this kind of dead thing. And the fact that the insina, the coffin, I think is not even just for Shiroke or anything. It also signifies her former life, who she was before, that kind of stuff. And that's, you know, that part's dead, you know, her former self is is dead. So, you know, again, I think, you know, all these things work on a lot of levels, you know, you can analyze them coming from, you know, people always, they always, you know, see Berserk as something where there's a lot of interpretation to be done. And it's often not the case because mirrors are usually precise. But I think uh, in this case, you know, because he from the get go said it was a dream and that kind of stuff. There's a lot of levels you can interpret these things. And I think, you know, that's made to be the case. So, you know, between the dog and, you know, the fact even the collar hides uh, the brand. And when she lifts it, she sees a brand. All that kind of stuff. I think it's very, very, very well done. Very relevant. And, um I mean, who else would it have? Like, I'm sure we, we're going to get to... Uh, dead comrades you know that's probably gonna be somewhere with you know mm-hmm. all the fragments of her ego that kind of stuff but yeah I mean to start with this I don't know it just makes sense to me
1: I was just gonna say do you feel like it's gonna be really abstract like this to start out and that it might get more specific as
2: uh, I, I think we'll get I think we'll see more you know like not more specific parts but other parts of her but it's probably you know it's probably gonna stay uh very figurative you know I mean We're probably not, I don't know, we're probably not going to see Judo and Pippin and, you know, just lying there dead in their armors or anything. It's probably going to be, I don't know, stuff like Gus as a dog, you know, maybe it will be, I don't know, Pippin as a big stone and, you know, Judo as a square or something. I have no idea, but (laughs) I I think it's going to be, it's going to be unique, but uh, I think we will come and maybe it even won't be like very individual stuff you know and more global but uh yeah i think we're gonna touch on all these aspects of our life that matter and of course that that means motherhood with her child that means you know all you know all key parts of her so right. and you know I, I actually a good question to you guys is even though we saw the surface level with the you know companions do you think deep in there we also see uh, these guys, Farnese and Shuruke, their representations or not? Because wow, a good question. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. They might be stuck on the surface. You know, they might not be able, you know, like are, that depiction, Jose, that consciousness of them, her awareness of them might not actually go deeper than that. So
1: I, I had a similar question about uh, dog guts, actually, because you know how she depicts the dog have missing an arm, missing an eye with the brand and everything. And
3: mm-hmm. that
1: seemed like really specific imagery that... <clears throat> you know uh it it seems like something that post eclipse she would have to have had absorbed and yeah. understood i think some what of those we'll details
0: say. have seeped down into her you know whatever whatever you want to call this if you want i don't i don't even necessarily know if you can call this world the equivalent of her perception of things but either way details of what's happening on the surface with her body with you know with guts have seeped down to this level where they've formulated as dreams so i, I don't right. i don't know what if, if that spells out Yes, 100% Casca will retain her memories when she's awakens, or anything like that. But it's clear that some of the details of the, you know, the surface world have, have come down here. But, um, in yeah, terms, she- in terms of the companions, I, I feel like it'd be, I don't know, to me, it'd be foreign because her, her companions and her relationship with those companions are so attached to that other Casca. And this, this world seems so attached to the, the shell Casca, I guess. Yeah. Guts, for Guts to be here, yeah. it seems relevant. It does. It would not seem relevant for Asidro to be here, for example.
2: Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, we see the, the the dog dragging the coffin alone. And, you know, in a way, if they had to be anywhere, they would have to be here, yeah. you know, with the dog. I, I, mean, I don't know. we They would have to be... Watching out for her or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would have to be that kind of stuff. So that's why I was wondering, because, you know, to... That the dog is present means she has some, uh, you know, idea, or at least it it trickled down in deep into her mind what was happening. But maybe, like, maybe that's the limit of it. Maybe she knows, you know, there's this creature, which is interesting. I mean, it's interesting that it's a dog because, in a way, it also means it's not guts, you know, it's not guts as a human. It's something, mm-hmm. but she doesn't know him in the real world. And you know, here he's not himself, but he's just, you know, an animal. So. Uh, either way, my point is that, yeah, you would have to be here. So maybe she just, that whole life since, you know, 22, 23, maybe she's just summarized it as this, you know, coffin being dragged around by, a, uh, you know, wounded dog.
3: Well, what I, what I find most interesting about it is that aside from this, it being symbolism, just as sort of a, uh, Symbol of her understanding of the situation, it's actually pretty accurate and on point. She obviously doesn't, you know, in reality see a dog, you know, fighting, uh, you know, the fabric, you know, blowing and turning into demons, but she's, you know, sees Guts fighting these ghosts, and on some level, that's being processed and internalized mm-hmm. into something, and it, you know, making this, which actually does make perfect sense as a metaphor for it. So it, on some level, there's like a, this understanding.
2: Yep. Yeah, actu- yeah, actually. The, the craziest part to me is how she views herself, you know, like this as a broken yeah. doll in a coffin. You know, that's very, that's so, so fucking harsh. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's really harsh, you know. I mean, she sees herself as dead, dead and broken, you know. And I mean, if, if you had to. Yeah, I mean, just, yeah, pretty much, you know, it's just, uh. just you know. And, and, you know, and a burden, like a dead weight, you know, as mm-hmm. a like dog has to drag it while he's being attacked. When you think back to guts in volume twenty three, you know, saying the weight of the sword, it's you know, fight, you know, fighting for two, and you see her just eating his food, and he just, and you know, how tired it was, and that kind of stuff, how tough it was on on him. And I mean, this is even a, a harsher representation than reality. You know, like she really sees herself as just a useless burden, again, a dead weight. You know, as as that's the word. So, you know, very very harsh, very harsh. And I think it also. I mean, again, it kind of gives a tone for what's to come later on. I I think this is going to be a very negative outlook on herself, you know, globally in her life and all this kind of thing. Very, yeah, very dark. I think
0: think it's important to note that this is Casca's unconscious mind's perception of situation and, and she's unaware that. You know, Casca's presence in Guts' life has consistently saved Guts' life. You know, she's seeing one vertical slice, the most depressing slice, the crystallized volume 23 journey with them in the winter before the companions came along and training yeah. the trajectory of things.
3: Sort of as it pertains to her, you know. Exactly,
0: right. But she's not seeing the full picture, and I think that's going to be part of their journey here, Farnese and Shiruke's journey, to show that she's not just a burden. You know, she actually has helped Guts in the past, or you know, she means so much to Guts more than just being a weight or to carry.
2: Yeah, actually, like the, the fact uh, Shiroke and Farnese was the once to journey into a mind is interesting because, uh, I mean, Shiruke, for example, you know, if you think back to when he first donned uh, the Peso Carmo, she you know, to wake him up. She she told him about Casca, you know, mm-hmm. the branded woman. Like he's a protector, and that's what woke him up and brought him back. And that's why he didn't just kill himself, you know, uh, you know, just jumping on Grumbald. And so and there's all these occurrences. And of course, Farnese was, you know, I mean, she she's been aware that Guts really views Casca's above anything else. Mm-hmm. And so I think, yeah, it, it's gonna it's gonna play a part. And what I'm wondering right now is. What part will they address in this dream, in this journey to get her, you know, saved? And what part will be left for Guts and Casca to uh, see between themselves? Because I don't expect her to wake up and, you know, and the, they'll be the perfect couple and everything. I think there's going to have some work to be done to rediscover each other and, you know, walk through things. And, um, yeah, I'm wondering what, you know, which part will be done that here and which part will be done later.
0: Yeah. I feel like they they can't truly begin the reconciliation process until Guts is actually involved. I feel like that has to come later. I feel like whatever. I, I, honestly, <laughs> the pacing of this sequence has been exactly what I expected and wanted. I think there was someone in the comments that said that it was it was surprisingly moving slow. Like no, I feel like things had been moving fast to set up for this. I think we even said that in the podcast that from now on yeah. it's going to be a little more slow and methodical about how we traverse these three and, realms
2: and. To be honest, it's not even been that slow. I mean, when you okay, you know. Well,
3: they need to they need to snap their fingers, and she wakes up, and she's fine. And that's going <laughs> to be some good stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, it, it couldn't go it couldn't go any faster, except if they just goes there and he's I don't know something out of the Matrix. There's a guy in a room. Oh yeah, just press this button. There you go, done. I am the architect.
3: Actually, thinking of uh, the Matrix earlier, just because you brought up sort of this as a representation of nothingness. And I think, and I agree with that, but also even as a representation of nothingness, it's not like a blank slate, you no, know it's no. not like a white room, it's still sort of a a very dreary, negative mm. sort of nothingness, you know, yeah, a desolation, so just episodes like this in general like i I feel like I could swim in this, I mean, I love the dog, I love all this cool symbolism, all this sort of uh you know. Stuff we don't you don't get this all the time, even in Berserk. You don't get guts
0: as a dog all the time. This is fucking awesome. <laughs>
3: well, I yeah. mean, it's just it's really it's a it's great uh, symbolism. It's a great little you know world. I mean, this is obviously something that's not even you know being represented in the physical world in Berserk, but just the fact mm-hmm. that uh, you can sort of deep dive like this into a character's mind, it's really fascinating.
2: I even like the little you know wing bat wing scenes yeah. that attack. You know, I mean even. <laughs> Even I look like they look exactly like the kind of stuff you'd seen in, in a nightmare, you know, with uh, the bony right? arms and yeah, I mean it's just perfect. But just great.
3: they've got a lot of personality too.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, within the limitations of yeah. their design, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just
3: the the little the nasty little bony hands coming out, you know, and everything. I mean, they.
2: Yeah, cool. and even the yeah the kind of spears they got, you know, like the stick spear sticks, whatever. It's very, I don't know, I think it's great. I, I think it's a great episode, honestly. I mean, it's,
0: it's, the spears are even integrated into the design. Like It's It's the poles that were holding them up mm-hmm. as flags that they yeah, then yep.
2: pick up and use as spears. I thought that was a clever touch. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, um, yeah, I like that. I mean, the whole, the, even when you know, like the coffin itself, when they open it and you know what's inside the coffin, uh, I mean, other than the doll, but the, like the ground, it's the same kind of stuff mm-hmm. as the ground below it. And you know that's a kind of uh, surreal stuff that's just perfect for, you know, like what does he see? Is a dream where everything is just a kind of weird. Like the the ground is just weird, the sky is weird, everything is weird. When they open the coffin, the dog howls. You know, it's just this kind of, I don't know. It's like Griff said, it's dreary, but it's perfectly dreary. You know, it's just really everything. Everything works as uh as expected. You know.
0: I didn't know what to make of the ground at first for a while, and I had to keep looking at different frames of it. It's like a tattered cloth. It's like this, uh, it's like fabric almost, or either way, it's not a foundation, right? It's not, it's unsettled. It's like a unsettled, shaky, floating in the breeze cloak, and it's torn.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't think it's even meant to be like, uh, real fabric as in fabric itself, but it's a kind of, you know, Magical stuff that's Mm -hmm. yeah being you know torn and whatever you see some parts of it, you know uh, Going around so again, it's just it's dream world stuff. You know, it's not real ground. It's not it's not real. Yeah Griff
3: Oh, I was actually just gonna because you were mentioning the dog howling you know when they opened the coffin just one of my favorite little touches and moments in this episode again, it's a very small one is when uh when she's about to open it, and she addresses the dog, uh, Shereke, <laughs> and says how, oh, I'm sorry, I gotta do it. And the dog just sort of, like, gives her, this is, Miro must have experience with dogs, or studied, because the way the dog just looks at her with its mouth open and like, ah, you know? <laughs> sort of disapproving, but, you know, not too harshly. Yeah. I just really love that look, that look little touch of personality in the
2: dog. It was a little barking sound, he goes,
3: Oh Yeah, like, he's just, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. he's yeah, going along too- with it, but...
2: Yeah, he does this, you know, little backing, even when she, like, after they help him when they get get to him and he licks yeah. her hand. And, uh, you know, I think, yeah, I think it's pretty, he managed to give him uh, a lot of personality, even and, though it's just, yeah. it's funny because
3: uh, Shirke has no fear, you know, even with the dog so close, you know, barking in her face. And Farnese, you see in the background, is really nervous. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Well, she has a well-developed fear of guts, you know, from her <laughs> early days. <laughs> um, the shot of the the dog when Shereke pronounces it as guts, it even looks like guts. The way it's framed, the head down low like that, the way it's posed, uh, it, its stature even kind of feels like guts to me. I like that shot. Yeah,
2: a lot. it's uh, you know it's very skinny and muscled. You know, like and it's the, got the scars no fat. And you know? yeah, he yeah, has so blood. You know, when it walks, and when it still got the spikes, and you see the blood, you know, perpetually like falling down on the ground. It's very He's very, like, guts, you know? The
0: one big thing we didn't talk about, obviously, was, like, one of the most (laughs) key parts of this episode was the introduction of the remaining part of her mind that's still Mm. kind of alive in this otherwise dead world. Uh, I don't even know what to call it. I keep calling it a sprite in my head, but it's not a sprite. I mean, it's it's not an astral being, you know? Yeah, you
2: know, I mean... Like a
3: fragment? uh, uh,
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I called it a sprite because... Oh, you did? Yeah, I, I think I, I'm the first one who, who did, but it's because I had no, I didn't know what to call it. There's no name for it, and we're yeah. not gonna be given a name for it. So, I, it's small, it's cute, it's not a real thing. I don't know, sprite. It's, bright, it's it very like sprightly.
1: It. Yeah, <laughs> it looks,
2: you know, <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's. <clears throat> it, I, I think yeah, it's a fragment of our ego, but more specifically, as Shurke says, it's a heart. You know, the heart of a mind. So, I think it's like the. Like the key, you know, the cornerstone, the key part, whatever, of her mind, um, of her personality, of herself, of her ego. And uh, yeah, without all the other fragments. So it's, yeah.
0: Yeah, aside from the promise of there being more symbolism to Casca's mind moving forward, I feel like this is the introduction of a consistent element throughout this dream world, is the, the protection of this figure. And what this figure and any others in the future might mean for the ultimate, you know, reconciliation that they're actually yep. here to do. You know, M- Mira introduced a ton of new things here. But this, to me, it seems like the key one in terms of this process. But aside from all that, aside from, you know, assembling the puzzle of what's to come, like, to me, I just think it's so cool. I think, Azil, you would worded it so well that this part of her was, you know, somehow shielded from whatever happened in the eclipse. This is the part that survived. This is the surviving fragment of of casca's mind and it's uh has remained hidden inside the shell of casca and it's of course it's what's occupied her you know who she is on the surface as a result it's the it's it's the part that's kind of in the driver's seat as it were because Mm. there is nothing else there it's otherwise vacant
2: yeah when it was like broken down and scattered and exploded it's the only thing like it's like uh you know in a way it's like a mind was stripped to the bone you know and this is, like, the core of it when nothing else was left. And, uh, and yeah, what Shiruke tells Farnese is really important is that she can feel that if the, the you know, fragment of the sprite is removed from the doll or blown away or whatever... Yeah, don't let
3: it uh, blow away. I thought it was pretty yeah, obvious.
2: <laughs> it, 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 like, it will have a, an impact on Cascade in the real world, and, uh, you know, we can guess that that impact would be...
3: should just be brain dead.
2: Yeah, pretty much. If this is the only, like, if this is, like, almost a direct equivalent of her personalities, and if that's removed, she would be, like, yeah, catatonic, nothing left. Yeah, I wonder what that means for the future.
0: Like, if there's... I guess what I was getting at with the pacing discussion earlier before we got sidetracked was, I wonder if it will heighten, if things will get kind of hectic in here, and then we'll emerge before, you know, things have finally been settled with Casca, and that's what will lead to her and Guts finally having a face-to-face before, you can call her, you know, kind of collecting, haven't been collected yet.
1: But I had a question about that I wanted to bring up, actually.
0: Ahead, uh girl. Do you
1: guys wonder if one aspect of herself will not be full, fully recovered in this kind of venture? Like, she, you know, what if, let's say, that at warrior aspect of her personality, part of it is broken off or part of it isn't fully recovered, and that's part of her journey is kind of rebuilding that aspect that isn't... Um, collected again I
2: guess yeah that's a good um, that's, that's actually a good question and uh, it's I mean I haven't really thought about it much but I think it's, uh, it's a great possibility it would be like <clears throat> I wonder what form it would take because the thing is we know this one like we know this sprite is uh, you know the heart of a mind okay we don't know what the other fragments will look like will they be also personified so will they be little characters with mine their own will they be just like i don't know different objects you know or just things that uh, they will just you know the puppet will absorb or you know it's it's hard to to guess what form it will take and also it, it's hard to guess how they're going to be able to put her back together and but yeah, yeah, it's definitely possible that they won't like some parts or some aspects. They won't be able to put it fully back together or something. I don't know. I think it would be, I mean, it, even if, even if they were to fully mend her, uh, it would still be complicated for her, I think, right now, because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of things have changed. Mm-hmm. So it would have to be very specific. Obviously, I mean,
3: it would be like even, even if you break a vase, even if you glue it back together. It's going to be, you know, there's going to be little jagged edges and marks and cracks. Yeah, But even if they were missing a piece, I think the most interesting and, like, dramatic change that could happen would be if maybe she didn't have, uh, you know, she didn't recognize Guts as, like, a lover anymore. She didn't have the same feelings for him to start out, and they kind of had to relearn that. That would be interesting. (laughs) Even more than just, you know any resentments or things that happened you know uh, in the interim that changed things just if she just didn't feel that way not even out of you know any negative feeling
2: yeah i think yeah i agree and i've always thought that i mean of course i might be wrong i wouldn't mind her just waking up running you know and just jumping and you know uh, on well, according and, to you know, the chapter
3: of the mandragora that's uh, that's how it's gonna it, go it, it.
2: I mean, I wouldn't mind that, but I also, I think she will have, you know, I mean, they were, it's not even like they were married for 10 years. They were lovers for, like, three weeks? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, let's just, you know, I think it's going to be like, you know, it's a tough relationship to get started again. And, um, and yeah, and, and even that would be, like, I think devastating to Guts, you know. That would be, like, such a blow to him because he's been very, like, single-mindedly focused on her. But yeah, she might need some time. I mean
3: That's an interesting thing because it's it might be three weeks to her or whatever, but for Guts it has been years, you know, he's been in this relationship, you know, in a different way. That's true. Wow.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. So yeah, that aspect that's what that's kinda it's it's a good way to to get it back to what I was saying earlier, is that yeah, I think this is already such a big thing. There's so much to address already that having her be still kinda broken would be like a layer on top. That's very complicated. But you know, like why not? I mean, for example, the wire aspect. Even if she regains, you know, like her skills or whatever,
3: will she be stronger than Griffith?
2: Yeah, I mean <laughs> that stuff. A... That that stuff is done. But she's been out of shape for years, and just you know, someone good with a sword. Is, I mean, it's not enough anymore. You know, I mean. Yeah. If, Serpico was just a guy with a rapier. What what would he be doing, you know, against anything they've encountered in the past 10 volumes? So, you know, there's all these aspects already present. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a possibility. And going back to what Walter said before, I didn't quite get what you meant, actually.
0: Well, I, I haven't talked for the past 10 minutes, so I'm not sure what yeah,
2: you mean. I, well, I also forgot what you were saying, but,
0: you know. <laughs> well, me too. I, I
2: remember when you said it, I was like, what is he talking about? I think so. I, what I'd said was, will the pacing heighten so that it's more
0: hectic out there? Oh, Right yeah. now, it's been a very leisurely pace. Collecting her fragment, you know, making sure it's okay. And we're going to quietly move forward in the distance towards the horizon. And I wonder, before they emerge, if it gets hectic because they're trying to protect and keep all these things together. That's all I know. I
3: think it definitely will. Because, I mean, if we've already seen, like, if already, like, the flags turn into monsters that that attack, like, just imagine when they get closer to that mountain. And I've actually got, you know, there's some horrible things that could be besides even the hand or bodies. One of, for example, this is getting ahead, but... What if that's the sort of, and we've seen it before, this representation of like the mountain of apostles with her at the mm. top of it? Oh, you god! You know, I mean, like yeah, yeah, I mean, it could be um, you know, it could be any number of horrifying things, and if there's apostles in here, or even some representation of femto, I mean, it would you know, it wouldn't, it would be surprising almost if we didn't get something like that.
2: Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, it's a, actually it's also a really good question because uh i mean obviously like you know some guy who said uh, "With a rape be addressed in the dream yeah i mean yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah that's a fucking thing that broke my mind so yeah you can you know like the black sun everything who can you even ask so yeah that's go- obviously like it's gonna be the like the culminating point i guess but uh, yeah what form will it take and you know like, are we going to see, you know, Femto raping her or whatever? I don't I don't think it's going to be, like, we're going to see Femto as he was and her and whatever. I think it's, again, going to be figurative. Be scarier. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be, yeah, even, you know, and sadder, you know, also. Like, yeah. kind of like the dog, you know, dragging the coffin. That, that's pretty sad. I think it's going to be something, you know, something pretty sad also. Like, I don't know, like a butterfly being pinned, you know, to a board or something. I mean, I'm just bullshitting here, but you get the point. Something very very evocative or something figurative
3: like just where it's like basically sapping the life out of her you know
2: yeah pretty much yeah and and i think it's like the discerning reader will get it but uh but i don't think it would be too graphic but yeah i mean obviously there's gonna be griffiths will be addressed here Mm -hmm. and uh you know apostles will be addressed and all these things i mean we don't know what form it will take but, yeah, so I, think, I think it would be figurative. But I think, for example, apostles, you know, monsters be monsters. So even if it's not exactly, the, you know, the same thing as they were, it's going to be – we're probably going to see some big, ugly-ass things in here and very dangerous. Yeah, I keep thinking about
0: Griffith and how that will be represented as well throughout this episode is, you know, I keep coming back to Volume 7, Volume 6, era. casket as that image of her – actually, it's Volume 8, which is like a, hatching from a shell – and previously she was in the, you know, the the clutches of Griffith. And I wonder if there's an aspect of her personality that even throughout this is still somehow tied to him. And they'll have to confront that and kind of relinquish her from him or something like well, that. It would
3: where... be interesting if there's a – because, I mean, obviously there's a conflict of – you know, there's – you can imagine symbolically, you know, like a, a beautiful yeah. white falcon, you know. But then also whatever, you know, Femto does to destroy that and, you know, destroy her world, you know, mm-hmm. and how she, she rectifies yep. those two things. <clears throat>
2: Yep, totally agreed I think it would uh, it would make sense it would be pretty cool to see like to have both the Griffiths as a savior the one she really looked up to and adored and you know had a crush on and that kind of stuff and to have that also morphed into Femto's you know the abusers the evil thing. so to have you know I I don't know but you know to maybe have uh, Farnes and Shiruke come across a really nice person and beautiful as I kind of see and turn into a monster or Again, I don't know what for me to take, but, yeah, I think to combine the two would be very interesting. Yeah. Just like uh, the fact when, when we, you know, here we saw Guts as a dog and whatever, as a protector. But, you know, maybe the dog will also be biting, you know, Casca or something to represent, you know, uh, that it wasn't all, you know, sunshine and rainbows, you know, during that journey.
3: Well, and also it's interesting that uh, to think about that Shirk and they actually they don't know a lot of what happened. You know, they don't know. They know Griffith, and they know Guts knows Griffith. But they don't know the whole yep. story. They don't know Casca's connection. So, I mean, this it could become pretty shocking, particularly to Shirke, you know, to yep. if he's represented there and he recognizes – or and she recognizes him. Yeah, and, you know – I would. Yeah.
2: Well, I, I, think, I think the boss, you know, even far as a, with the Red Lake, I think uh, this might come into, you know uh, – like, mm, maybe yeah. not during the dream, but afterwards, because, you know, people have been waiting for Gus to tell his companions about uh, his past and he, he hasn't really.
3: You know, he probably should have before they went into her <laughs> mind.
2: <laughs> you know. Well, yeah. the thing is, in a way, you know, like, uh it will be interesting because they will learn a lot about it from that. And I feel like when Casca will, you know, wake up, either, either they will talk about it or each will have guessed something. And uh, I think that will kickstart the new relationship because obviously they've all known Casca, but it wasn't really her, you know. And so, you know, that new gr- group the dynamic between all the characters will have to take place. And uh, I think it'd be a good way to kickstart it. So it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting, very, very we- complicated, very interesting. Yeah.
1: Griff, to touch on what you were saying, actually, about um, Guts. I think that, you know, judging on how things have developed, it feels like he was kind of hoping to, you know, just take care of everything by himself with regards to healing Casca and everything. And the fact that it hasn't really gone like he originally intended is is very interesting in that that whole dynamic.
2: Well... You know, I think Guts, in a way, it's not that he doesn't trust them, but he's a he's a very private person. Yeah. He was even as a kid and everything. I think it's it's a part of his upbringing and the life he's had. And I think, yeah, it's it's always been his private thing, you know. Yeah. And and you know, I don't think it's like I don't think he meant to take care of it all by himself because he didn't want them to be involved. I think it's just because. Like, it's because of Volume 17, you know. He left her in a cave for two years and he said he would never, ever, you know, abandon her. And so he wanted to be there. But at the same time, you know, the fact that when, uh, you know, Dianan told him, no, you can't do it, the fact he was able to say, ah, fuck it, okay, you guys, you guys (laughs) are interested to you. I mean, that's really a reflection. It's all that happened between Volume 23 and now, you know, All of it culminated into guts being like, okay, you know, I was forced to, you know, let you guys tag along because I couldn't protect her by myself. And now finally, I'm trusting her return to you. So, you know, it's, can you, I mean, I don't know if I'm clear, but can you see the, the, you know, the huge amount of, you know, like the huge journey it's been, the amount of work it's been for him to be this trusting to them? They're, They're really a family now, much more than... Uh, you know, he was with you know the band of the Falcon. That's
1: that's a really good point because I think that when you think about the <coughs> character relationships between twenty three and now, you think about you know <coughs> Farnese and Shirk's character development or something like that. Not necessarily Guts's, but that's much more a, a much more subtle development that's kind of happened. Yeah, a a lot of
3: it out of necessity. I mean, it was and it wasn't even before that he necessarily just wanted to, you know, do it all by himself, like you were saying. But, uh, you know, it's just that he needed to let them in. But even then he told them how, you know, you're probably not going to last. You know, I think their part of it is he knew how horrible the situation (laughs) was. He didn't really (laughs) expect anyone to be able to to go along with his life.
2: Yeah, and he was, you know, I mean, Gus, people often forget, but Gus has been traumatized. I mean.
3: Yeah, he's got his own damage.
2: Yeah, he stayed conscious like Asuka, but he's lost all his friends, you know, all the people he knew and cared about. They all have been killed by apostles. So yeah, he didn't want, he didn't want to have to care about other people. That's why he left Asuka in the cave. And that's why he didn't want other people to tag along, because, I mean, when you let people into your life, it means. You know if something happens to them you know it hurts you and so that, i think that also played a part and sure. and yeah it's been yeah. i mean we've seen for example in um, in volume you know uh i would say in enoch after they you know uh defeats you know the trolls and everything they come back from the cave the troll's cave you see this uh shot of guts from the back and he said maybe he's found a family again that kind of stuff then when they get to Ritanis. You see he calls, you know, Shiroke's family, you know, so all these little, you know, progressions, it's been very, you know, subtle, but yeah, it's progress towards them being a really close-knit group now. Mm -hmm. It's a small aside to something you
0: said earlier. It's not only that Guts lost his friends, it's that his best friend, you know, betrayed him and the rest of the group. I think that's that's the one. that's true, too. That's the real wound that he took to to heart.
3: Well, and... if you look at uh, just his upbringing, too.
2: The two don't go against each other. No, he lost his friends. Yeah. And yeah, it was a betrayal. So it's like you can even add layer of uh, distrust, you know, distrust to the rest. So yeah, obviously. it was just noticeably absent from the summary. That's all.
3: When he when yeah, he yeah. calls yeah, someone right. his in uh, his family, that's not necessarily a compliment because his own father betrayed him and he had to kill him. Yeah, <laughs> oh, so, well,
2: you know, I, <laughs> I think he means it's a right. <laughs> no, way, I know, you know he does. I'm in... just
3: saying, uh, you know, <laughs> just pointing it, out how how troubled. You know, exactly to your point about keep, you know sort of mistrust and not wanting to get close to people because you know then you can be hurt. One yeah, way and he
2: he hasn't you know sold Shurke to dirty old man yet, so no. Let's <laughs> hope that he won't God. turn into Gambino. Thank goodness. Yeah. Hey, if money gets tight, I don't know.
0: He's gonna sell three <laughs> silver coins or whatever it was.
1: <laughs> well, speaking of uh, Shurke yeah. and mm-hmm. also
3: the the troll attack and the fallout with uh with Slan, it just made me think. I wonder if we'll get a. And I mean, this is sort of you know. On some level, it's almost unseemly to get, you know, this clinical on, uh, on the, <laughs> no, well, like the attack on Casca by Femto, to put it very sterily. Mm. if we'll get some sort of explanation of also like, you know, think of how Hurt Guts was being, you know, touched and, and sliced by a, by a god hand. You know, the yeah. sort of the the spiritual damage it does. You know, and so just apply that to you know Femto's oh, rape okay. of Casca, You know how that mm-hmm. it ex- you know more than just you know the physical act. It's like it's you. It explains why it would just destroy her. You know, destroy her being. You know, hurt her soul. On, yeah, uh, I think,
2: yeah, I think. Yeah, uh, I think. I mean, I don't know how it could be shown uh, like in this environment and stuff, but yeah, I think it will play a part. I think it
3: will be. She can provide I so. that context though.
0: Yeah, I think that, so a, a comment from Shiroke would do it. Like, yeah. you know, for, for a human to have endured this much, so this must have been, whatever the source of the trauma is, must have been extreme, <laughs> to say it lightly, yeah, you know? Yeah,
2: I think it's, uh, even we might just see that he delivered the blows that just fractured her, her ego, you know? And, I, I mean, for many years, uh, I've been thinking it's probably, like, what did it, you know, what really broke her is that, you know, she was branded and, you know, a member of the end, you know, raped her, that kind of stuff, so... Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if uh, we were, you know, uh, shown that. I was gonna
0: transition to the page by page. I don't have a lot for the first four pages because we already talked about a lot of it. So,
3: yeah, it's the (laughs) introduction of the environment.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, (laughs) if we just to to go an overview (laughs) real quick, I do like I do like how it goes like you know last episode it was the sun I like how we, that
3: beast eye with the the sun in the middle of it no, plays a role at the start
2: <laughs> come on <laughs> well you know i mean guts as a dog you know shows us that you know again you know he she's not she has no awareness of the beast of darkness which is as it yeah. should be you know and uh, another thing interesting about the way the dog is pictured is uh, there's no dragon slayer which is something that's very you know iconic to guts but to Casca, it doesn't matter, you know, what matters is him. And so the representation doesn't show it.
3: Yeah, it's just a sword.
2: Yep. Anyway, yeah, I was just saying, I like how it, you know, pans out from that, you know, and to reveal the flags, you know, flying, and then, you know, the two characters, you know, walking by, and just then that big scene of, you know, the scenery, you know, a desolate, you know, landscape with a big, you know, shadowy thing in the distance and all these flags. I thought just it's a neat... It's, you know, I mean, you're as, you know, always does stuff like that, so we're used to it, but I still appreciate that kind of stuff. I think yeah, it's, it's very, very sets nicely done. It the
1: atmosphere up a little bit.
2: Yep.
0: Yeah, I think I said it in the thread, but I like the representation of the specters as these sticks and clothes kind of blowing in the wind. Uh, be- yep. Because they aren't specters, because they are, they they, they they take on this kind of like childlike, you know, image of what a demon or a monster would be, right? Because, yep. I mean, my guess about that design choice is that this is a character who has not been introduced to supernatural creatures. You know, she, she, she has a very uh, small kind of imagination of what
2: those things might well, be like in the physical I world. I mean, she, she's she been introduced to apostles and the like mm-hmm. and the god hand. But yeah, I mean, she she doesn't know what specters are. So she, I mean, this is a nice way to represent it. I also, I agree, I like it. It's, uh, it's yeah. very, it's different. It's different because it can't, be the same so i like the way it's done
0: another interesting thing about the specters is the way they interact with them that their real world defense and offense you know tactics work one-to-one in the dream world which i felt was interesting and you know might be interesting moving forward you know jerke's uh when she blows the is it her hair i think it is the bundle of hair. yes yes and the the, um what do you call it the thorned serpents of thorns there you go. Thank you, Mr. Quizmaster. Farnese's <laughs> Serpents of Thorns. Are, well, Also, interesting, I thought that Mira drew front and center You want center me to that,
2: say the name in Japanese? Oh, sure, Ibarella something, something, something. It's no hebi. <laughs> Ibarella no hebi. That's right. That was close.
0: <laughs> Farnese has the silver knife tucked in in her waistband, kind of prominently displayed throughout this episode. And I was like, oh, shit. That's going to come up. She's packing
2: hits. That's right. <laughs> She's going to throw it sidearm. I'm going to cut you down. <laughs> you know, Femto, uh, you know, you guys have seen that, um, you know, the screen grab of, uh, it's like a fake news thing with, uh, you know, a report from a man st- stabbed. And he says, what are you going to do? Stab me? You know, it, you, you've seen this thing, right? <laughs> I have seen So it's going to yes. be the same thing with Femto, you know. <laughs> what you going to do? Stab me? She's going to stab him right in the nuts. <laughs> oh, man. Well, That's I was calling rich. this
0: a page by page, but this is too fun, so. Sorry. Right. <laughs> no, don't worry. Don't, don't apologize at all. Uh, the, the dog itself, it looks like it's on its last legs, and I, and I wonder about what that represents for Casca. If she knows that Gut's journey is killing him, or is, is that necessary? Is that a representation of this relationship is killing him because he's basically, you know, throwing his life on this one gamble for her?
2: I wonder uh, I about think, what that meant. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't think it's, uh, it's that like deep a uh, reflection because she's not really in a state for that. I think it's just like the situation. Like no. again when I think back to twenty three we've seen how Gus was exhausted and just like on his last legs pretty much. Right. And I yeah. think this is like a representation of that. But I just wanted to say that you there's a line you haven't mentioned is which is um <clears throat> the girls, you know, uh you know especially specifically Shiruke, she wonders what on earth uh, you know, Made it so that Casca would, you know, have this kind of scenery in her mind, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I think it's, uh, it goes back to what we were saying earlier. It's the beginning of them trying to understand, uh, what, what happened, you know, what went wrong. And, um, and I, 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 I thought that was interesting. And in the same way when Farnese asks, uh, what the, you know, that spiky scene, the distances, the mountain, whatever, uh, you know, it's, it's very ominous. Shook is like, oh, we got no time for that right now. But, you know, I mean, we all know. That's where they're you know, going. to Yeah, well, they're going to. If it was a giant hand in the distance, it would be much less
0: suspenseful. <laughs> you know, I like that it's abstracted like this. Yeah, even if it's not in, the hand, you know.
2: Yeah. And, and again, I think like while it's uh, in a way a representation of the hand, I think it's not going to be just that, you know, I think it's going to mm-hmm. be, uh, you know, in a way very different, you know, like. She's, she's falling off a lot of cliffs too, guys. A whole lot of cliffs. <laughs> Yeah, I'm mean, <laughs> just, just saying. <laughs> some of the ideas have been have been kind of weird, but yeah, I think it's gonna be. I don't. I don't think it really matters. Uh it will. We'll, we'll see soon enough. Anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, the dog, the coffin, the well, spikes.
3: So uh, yeah, the dog. I think it's also just distressed because it's got those uh, spikes in it currently. Mm.
2: Yeah, and the, it I'm, seems
3: but, all right when they take it out. It gets sort of. Uh, yeah, but it feels it actually.
2: the thing is the dog couldn't have taken them out himself. So, you know, like the fact it appears like that, I think it's not. Like by their presence, they make it better because they intervene. Yeah. They're foreign agents. But the dog is meant to have spikes in him. You know, like it's meant to be that way. And, you know, again, the chain also, you know, that implies a kind of, you know, an LC relationship or I don't know. I think all of that is very... Uh, you know, it's a conscious decision to show it like that. It's not just you know, like he, he appears like that because that's who he always is in that scenery before they intervene. I think. Yeah. Right. This is a persistent
0: vision. It's kind of like even like, calling like a recurring dream that now they're suddenly interacting with, and so things are changing. I would well, guess. I
3: mean, mm. I don't want to. This is this just throws a monkey wrench in everything. But how much of it is also perception? On their part of what they're seeing, you know, are they making sense of what's in Casca's, you know, dreamscape or is it being projected directly to them as if it were reality? You know, I'm I, I'm guessing it's the latter, but
2: I think you know, like from the way because uh, what you know, said about,
3: like, if you open your eyes wide, you'll see the signs and, you know, it's sort of there's almost yeah. interpretation going on.
2: Yeah, of course, they, they have to understand what it means. But yeah. I think what they're seeing is the way Casca represents things. Right. Like they, they are, they are being shown Casca's world, and they have to basically guess what it means and understand what it means. So, and you know, but like obviously, their, like does their
3: understanding kind of change the way it looks to them? Um, I, I don't
0: think so don't, because of the way she describes think...
2: the dog. Uh,
3: yeah, she says yeah. this is
2: dog as he is here, and the way um, Danan said the ritual walks. I mean, the way it's been described. It's not what she said actually, but the way it's been described is that. They kind of, you know, like, penetrate her dream by force, you know. It's not... They're not being invited, you know. The the way her power works is, like, she thrusts them in there and they get there, you know. You know, how to say... They, you know, invade it in a way, you know. Kind of like in Dark Souls, you know. Wow, I, should, I, should, I <laughs> shouldn't make that reference because people, oh you know. Oh but yeah, man. they... they they invade her world. So once again,
3: the collaboration between uh, Dark <laughs> oh, Souls <fuck> and <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah. So so yeah. Now it's it's um, the point is it is forcible. It's not something. So yeah, they kind of they intruders here. You wow! Know, if, intruders. if
3: only they knew the source of her trauma. <laughs> like, jeez. Mm.
2: Yeah. Well. Yeah, yeah. That's mean. I mean, it's also kind of why Guts, you know, was not permitted to intrude because it has to be people. She's at least. Uh, uh, you know, comfortable with, you know.
3: Currently trust and, you know, there, I guess there's yeah. a, a, an alignment his... of energy there. What,
2: what would have Guts done, you know, just kill the dog immediately? <laughs> <laughs> Rip the coffin open, He shaken the door,
3: get, g- 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 get back! <laughs> it just goes into, like, dust. It turns into pieces in his hands. Like, yeah, oh, you know, Guts, take, yeah, we shouldn't have brought take, you.
2: Take the sprite, <laughs> shove in with Puck in the pouch and just get going, you know, and... Uh, and bet, he just bet-
0: tears puck in half and just de- dumps the elf dust all over the, yeah.
2: the, the <laughs> Roman doll. I gotta kill you, friend. See. Yeah, just you know, apply guts you know liberally on the doll to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: I would have loved to seen him meet his dog self though, and it would have been. I mean, there's high comedy potential if he just didn't recognize <laughs> it as him. <laughs> and Cherke sort of like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But the thing, yeah, is, you know, I mean, to go back to what you were saying earlier, Griff, I think it's a good point is that if Guts had come into contact with this scene, you know, as a fact it's him might have, you know, influenced it, you know, and changed Strangely, it or something. Yeah, it'd be yes. a weird,
3: almost like a weird circular kind of uh, logic yeah, it being might introduced. Be.
2: Yeah, it, it might have been weird. So again, it's, you know, that reinforces the fact that, uh, you know, the Elf Queen... Knows what she's doing.
0: I think it might have been a factor in terms of the little sprite or fragment coming out. Right? Yeah, she might of not course. have been as inviting. That would be
2: yeah, of course. Thing. I mean, that's obviously. like that's all these things I'm saying are just like the secondary. But obviously, the sprite is, uh, you know, like that's a big thing. She said, you know, it had to be someone she trusts, and is a sprite, trusts Farnese implicitly. In the dog, trusts Shiruke as well. So you know, it's, it's these kind of things. Uh, I think it's just, you know, it all reinforces the fact uh, she was right to send this to. Yeah.
0: I I wanted to appreciate just real quick, like the the various symbols of Guts that are represented on the dog. We've already discussed them, but I just like that Mira, you know, he had time to come up with how he was going to represent Guts in this dream world. You know, he had a long time. We knew we were going to reconcile Casca and he probably had time to consider this, and what he chose was this loyal, obedient, almost like stubborn dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a, necessarily a ferocious dog, although he, he does get that way when the coffin is damaged. But I like the idea of this like stubbornly mm. loyal dog. It's like it looks like it's on its yeah. last legs, skin and bones, but muscular, covered in scars. But it big also, lanky
3: dog too. Yeah, yeah big-ass
0: dog. Um, you know, missing an eye. It has the spiked collar, which I took to mean it could be a representation of the Berserk's armor, uh, but it could just be, you know, <laughs> a spiky collar.
3: Well, um, it's, you know, I, yeah, I well, it just Well, also, it has uh, a, the, you know, the spears in it, and it was dro- spilling blood everywhere when it was yeah. walking. So, I mean, that definitely yeah. plays.
2: Yeah, and the spikes, I think it's just a representation of the fact Guts is a warrior, dangerous. Mm. Like, it's. I think it goes any and end with the fact it can be precious when it needs you know against his enemies if
3: right. Guts were a dog he would have a spiky collar that's what it means you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's pretty,
2: that's pretty pretty much it, yeah. he that's wouldn't cool. have a, you know wimpy ass collar you know <laughs> mm-hmm. but um, and yeah I think you know I also like the, the idea that like a dog you know the, the dog's main characteristic is uh, faithfulness you know mm-hmm. that they are loyal so yeah I also like you know that aspect it's not he didn't choose that you know animal by you know by random chance, you know, it's, it, uh, how to say conveys many specific things that, uh, relate to how Casca and Gus have actually lived.
0: And I've actually seen a number of times, even on our forum, people saying, Oh, well, Casca said mad dog in volume five. Here's the mad dog. <sighs> this is the end, an- this is the antithesis of a mad dog. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's fault <laughs> is it? It's, it's too faithful, too, you know. <laughs> well... Uh, helping his you comrades know, out. The, the other por- thing with the, por- the
3: collar and chain is it also represents <clears throat> that he's domesticated in a sense. You know, like this is yeah. a dog that has a has an owner. You know, in a way. You know, even if it's by its own choice. You know, so yeah. yeah.
0: You know, I'll it's, it's
2: a dog. <laughs> yeah, you know the, the problem with people, and you know it's also seeing like even with the Beast of Darkness because people confuse it with a dog which is like that's it's called a beast for a reason because it's a it's not a real creature it's a, it's a beast it's a mental thing and they, they often i mean not often but it's been brought up before and people should understand that beyond all what you guys said which is true it's also an expression you know like mad dog is an expression uh, it's, it's what you know uh ice man calls maverick in top gun you know <laughs> so ah, very you know, similar uh, it's not, uh relationship too Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it it, it makes sense because it's the same fucking thing. As a matter of fact, maybe Mira got the idea from Top Gun for all I know. But the point is, it's an expression. Keska was just saying Guts was being reckless and didn't care about uh, his men. I mean, that's, that's all it is in the context of the thing. It's not meant to be... And something she said in anger, it's not meant to qualify anything or be a reference to anything so like, to actually oh, pull it what back what about
3: when the sharecase going through his mind and you see the bubble of the mad dog scene and she's pointing
2: yeah oh boy yeah and, and what about Gambino's dog you know Gambino's dog as well I mean jeez. Uh, what about Nico's back dog to, to go back what to about the Maverick Nico thing though
1: <laughs> if, everybody if, forgets Nico
0: if Maverick if we could look inside Maverick's head just for a second here and if we saw his, you know, his his inner beast, if you will, it would be a goose. It wouldn't be a dog. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: I just wanted to point that out.
3: Oh, my God. I thought you were really going to get us back on track. And <laughs> then when nope. you said Maverick, uh, you're I like, oh
0: I just took the wheel and swerved hard left into the oncoming truck.
2: All right. It so, was- speak- speaking of symbols, it's a small detail, but I really appreciated the... Um, the care with which we're shown the uh, Pen of the Falcons emblem. Yeah. And it reminded me of uh, what Rick had said to Griffiths when he, you know, before he slapped him, which is like that the old emblem, like the new emblem is different from the old one, you know, Mm. slightly different. And I like the fact that this is like the old ass emblem from back in the day, that kind of stuff, you know. I I, I appreciate that. I mean, I I thought it was nice touch, at least just pleasing to me as a reader.
0: Always Seems appropriate to me. To me, seeing the symbol and seeing Shirke see the symbol reminded me that, oh, yeah, Shirke has had these visions of their days back in the Falcons. So I thought that was interesting. That's kind of a reminder to readers of Shirke's knowledge of the past as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: If you wouldn't carry that back naturally.
3: Yeah, she does have more than most, even though it hasn't been like explicitly told to her. She's seen it in visions and memories. Right.
0: Yeah, both of their perceptions of things is highly fragmented. You know, both Shurke and Farnese kind of are like, just like
3: Yeah, they both know different things, like, into... you know, Farnese knows that Guts, you know, like, said Griffith's name, you know, after he was born, obviously knew him. Yep.
0: Yeah.
2: <clears throat> yeah, I think, uh, again, there's a perfect two characters to uh, put together uh, so that they can piece out what went on and you know, what their life has been, you know. I mean, it's just... It's a good team, so I expect we'll see more of that. Them working together and knowing, oh, yeah, then they did that. This is what happened. And then, you know, and maybe not even uh, within the dream, but afterwards as well.
0: There's a small scene. I think we've already mentioned it, but I wanted to point it out. If We are just looking at individual panels where, you know, the dog is protecting the casket for a while. And it takes some hits, which is very unlike Guts when it comes to Spectres. That happens from time to time, but come on. He's usually on top of it, but as the as the well, casket is struck, yeah. that's when he starts going crazy. That's when he really just you know opens its jaws and it's salivating.
2: Yeah, that was interesting. He actually jumps, manages to grab one, and you know yeah, get yeah, it on yeah. the floor and kills it, which is which is fucking great. You know, I mean, just it's a very guts he, moment. He's only got three three legs too, but yeah, you know, one thing about the fact he gets it is again, this is Casca's perception of things. So, mm-hmm. you know, like, it do- doesn't really matter if Gus that really, you know, but you see when he gets hit, you even see his mouth, his face, he looks like, uh I mean, he looks bad, he looks in pain, it's kind of, you know, mm-hmm. a sad moment, and I think her perception is also, like, you know what I mean, she feels bad for the dog, you know, mm-hmm. so I ca- I kind of like that, you know, it's, uh, again, it reinforces the aspect of the dog as a protector, you know, someone who takes hit, and yeah, like you said, he... He barks, uh, he's defiant, but he doesn't do much. But when they hit the coffin, that's when he gets crazy. And you can even tell, like, it's really done very specifically. You see, he notices it, then he, you know, barks, in that crazy, like he gets really crazy and jumps and grabs it. So, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty great.
0: I'm mm-hmm. running out of individual things to add about this episode.
2: Oh, wow, I got plenty more. Go for it. Now, like like we were saying earlier, I, you know, I like the fact, uh, you know, Farnes and Shirouke get to use their, you know, natural weapons in this. It's pretty cool. I like the way Shirouke dispels the spear. Uh, you know, we see the, the spears kind of, like, dissipate into thin air, which I thought was, uh, yeah, was neat. I not if they
3: were, like, sort of dissipating, like she was phasing them out of existence, and, or if they were pulling out and that was, like, blood...
0: It looks like she's—they're disappearing. Yeah, it, it kind like of it looks disap- like they're yeah. like—it's
3: like they're being pulled out and disappearing, losing you know their uh, their integrity. Yep, yep, yep.
2: I agree. Uh, I think it's uh, it's what happened. One thing uh, which we were mentioning earlier, and I think it relates, is uh, Farne says she feels kind of guilty. You know, like she's digging out a tomb, something like that. And yeah, I think it's proper that uh, you know, just the same way that the fact they're, uh, like Farnese is horrified when she sees the, the state of the dog, and she's also like in disbelief that Guts could be represented as a dog. But yeah, I, I, you know, like in a way, um, her feelings echo what you know the reader you know feels like. Right. You know, it's it's very hard to say. It's a very strange thing, voyeuristic almost. You know, to yeah. see like the inside of her mind, even though we've been wanting to see that for years now, many years you know in a decade but uh yeah there's that aspect so i i found that interesting that she voices it and also that shirke
0: seems to know what she's doing she seems to have a general agenda about what things are how they're represented abstractly in the dream world and how to move forward whereas farnese as you say is kind of the voice of the the viewer or the reader
2: well yeah i mean i think this is one of the scenes where she's in a uh, element you know i mean she's mm-hmm. she's used to with you know working with symbolism working with you know uh you know perceptions of things that do- don't necessarily correspond to real things so she just goes i think she's going through the motions as she learned you know with flora and that just works you know she's like okay we gotta focus we gotta do one thing after another we gotta try to study understand the symbolism of things uh move forward but i think uh, maybe later on as it progress and as maybe we see some worldly events that are you know, harder, maybe her age will uh, hold her back there and uh, finally they will uh, have more of a role. I don't know. Yeah.
0: And looking at the last page now, I'm honest, it's honestly very ominous. Uh, things have already been, it's already been a rough introduction to this dream world and uh, knowing nothing about what's coming is both you know, tantalizing and Terrifying honestly as a reader mm-hmm. to know what's coming up in the next few episodes.
2: Yeah, just if I had to also I don't know what you guys think about the the doll, the broken doll. I know we've been over it uh but I think the reveal of it was pretty like the the hollowed out eyes, you know, oh, especially. Yeah. I thought were were It touch and the the way the brand is represented. So it was uh was pretty well done. Especially all the different angles you see it from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We get a lot of angles, like, from the casket. What, what I thought was interesting
0: is the is the arrangement of it. You know, the, the arms are still there, and kind of in their proper place. Mm-hmm. Looks like the left breast is misplaced, but it's <clears> almost <throat> like it was, like, carefully placed here
2: in this way after it had already been shattered somewhere else or something like that. Mm. And um, what about the design of the sprite? What do you guys think? Personally, I love it.
0: It's cute. Really cute. It's
2: uh, I do like that... <laughs> the long-haired casker and the ratty outfit but
3: i like the really uh, weird little like you know basically those funny little legs the stick legs yeah
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah i like the almond legs i mean they're great i, I and i think the character of the thing is it's great like as bug. well yeah it's mm-hmm. a way yeah it's exactly it's like a, a small bug and the way it just plays it's very energetic i just you know i like it Seems pretty th- cool I think it's very interesting. I
0: and again that this is this is the part of Casca that survived, this very casca like, unreserved, un unconservative, yeah, you know, childlike part of her personality. You know, I'm I'm imagining, you know, normal Casca seeing this and being embarrassed basically by
2: how gleeful <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. energetic it is, you know. Definitely. But I think again, you know, like because this is the core of her, I think even the wire aspect of her, for example, taps into that kind of thing. You know, because it's the part that's got the energy, you know, that kind of thing. So I think it's a... I view it as kind of a central thing, you know, that defines a personality. Even though, yeah, she has other other things. Well,
3: it's interesting that you say that because uh, I have been wondering, you know, how this plays out with aspects. And if this is sort of, you know, this little sprite represents what we're seeing externally. You know, those moments where she's sort of overcome with competence. You know, centro sees her hopping down the side of the cliff you know, basically like an athlete, you know? She's no longer this helpless, you know, person. Or when she takes up a sword and, you know, manages to cut down, you know, her would-be assailants and even, you know, engages yep. guts, you know, even for, if just for a moment, you know, sort of is that inside this sprite or is that some other aspect managing to come to the forefront momentarily uh, or going away? It's
0: hard I feel like it's a mistake to like to make crystallize each of these aspects of her. I, right. mean, I guess we're already seeing one of them, but I don't feel like there's an individual warrior aspect. But I mean, they could we're in a fucking magical. Dream well, I guess world. I'm just. I mean, yeah,
3: without getting too like you know dogmatic, like is that within this sprite or is there some other let's call it another sprite where it's part think,
2: of that? I think her, for example, knowing how to jump down the cliff would be within this sprite. Within this
3: critter, yeah.
2: But uh, her, you know, sword fighting, I don't know. You know, it's kind of its kind of hard to say. And, yeah. you know, at that time, she she had a flashback of the Eclipse, you know. And, you know, then she took up the sword. So maybe, you know, like that, that you know, I feel like that had deceived this thing. Like, you know, for a moment, she regained maybe another fragment and, you know, and falls. But, you know, yeah, it's kind of, um, I mean.
3: Maybe there's time for her more, memory, more assembled like, than she- others.
0: She knows well, how to hold a sword from muscle memory. I feel like that's just, that could be all there is to it.
3: Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I well, don't the fact know, that I, she's not just using it to you know, I mean she's she's usually just playing around with things, even if she, you know, is obviously <laughs> familiar with them. So I just wonder if there's a distinction I mean, obviously, I'm reading too much into it, but it's yeah, just, you know, that's what we do here. So,
2: I, I I don't think like I don't think the truly warrior aspect of her is within the sprite. I think it's uh, something different, maybe another part of her, or, or I don't know. But I don't think so. I think when she. Yeah, took up the sword and killed those guys. That's just my opinion. But I think it's uh she tapped into something else at that time. Well yeah, we because did,
3: we did see her remembering specifically yeah. the clips beforehand. So there was something something did change very uh Yeah very and dramatically while, like a switch.
2: Yep, and, and while when she went down the cliff it it was you know, muscle memory and just, you know, knowing how to move and how right. to be you know, but when she did those things, like it's she she dispatched them, like, she cut out their throats and that kind of stuff. She she killed them, you know, with, like, a soldier skill, not just remembering how to do, you know, I don't know, a side jump or something like that. She, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's just, that's my take, at least.
0: Maybe it'll become clear. Yeah, I think I, mean, I think it probably will.
2: Yeah, it will, I mean, we'll, well obviously come across all the fragments the, of her. Because, yeah, the uh,
3: preview I, image shows the doll, you know, unless, you know, it's just the, the sketch being unclear. But it, it it seems like it shows it in a more complete state and you know obviously there's other things from the preview sketches that weren't in this episode that we can presume I, are I think
2: up. um yeah I think that's uh, that's actually from this episode it's just that it's uh, it's much better you know much better done here but I think right. it's the same the same thing I okay. think the one page we didn't see is the one we've got at the banquet I think that's right. probably gonna be yeah. in the next step so that's just my uh,
0: no, I agree, and that's actually one of the scenes I was looking forward to seeing in this episode, uh, just because Guts has it's, it's two lines of a gloomy, gloomy face. Anyway, I'm not sure. Oh well, yeah, the details I mean, how impatient would would be?
3: <laughs> He's yeah. like waiting for the thing he's wanted, you know, more than anything for years, and he just has to sit there. Yeah, I mean,
0: I actually wonder if that face. I mean, fuck, it's a sketch. I don't really know. And we re- obviously reading into it, but like he knows, he knows more about Casca than they do, and I wonder if he's worried about what might happen in there that he's yeah. not there to kind of guide them for? I think, thing.
2: you know, uh, you know, come on, guy. I think he's just nervous. You know, I mean, yeah. what if you didn't see, I don't know, your wife for like two years and then you're at the airport and, you know, or you're waiting and, and she's going to arrive, you know, from the plane, you know, and and some, you know, like new friends are like, oh, come on. Let's, but I think he's also worried
3: ju- something's going to go wrong too.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's just, there's he's like he's got, Like
1: a basically, dad in the waiting
2: room. Yeah. Basically yeah. he's got, he's got a lot of reasons to be, like, to not feel like just, you know, having a drink and eating and playing, you know, with elves and stuff like that. I, I, in his key, none, of, none of us are
0: disagreeing here. This is all kind of cut from the same cloth, all these, yeah, all yeah. these comments.
2: Yeah, I agree. My point, I, what I meant is that, in any case, he was never going to be at a banquet, you know? He was never going to have a good time. He's
3: not into that stuff on a good day.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah,
2: if you're... I got one more thing to say. It would be that uh, I, I like the fact that they're still following uh, Danan's, you know, like little, you know, uh, flower petals. Yeah, you can to... see
3: that at the in the very last panel. Yeah, probably. Yeah, well, and and, and before, them. but you can even see it in the final one.
2: Yeah. I, so, mm-hmm. um, I like that. Even though they're the ones doing the work, uh, we can see again that the ritual is very, like, it's very controlled. Danan is is taking them, you know, where they should go and that kind of stuff. So, it's yeah. still very... Yeah, I like that. And also like that uh, Shiruke tells the dog it's also what he wants, you know. I, I find that. And he barks, you know, and, and just, you know, get going. So it's it's interesting because, you know, Kaska's representation of guts, you know, is actually kind of similar to the real guts in that regard, you know. Yeah, looking forward, I, you know, everything
0: is being depicted through these abstract concepts. Mira has created this, huge canvas that he can make for himself and it's very exciting to think about what might be coming, particularly not knowing the specifics thanks to the guidebooks preview about what's coming in 349 and fifty. so it's very exciting
2: Yeah, because, you know, we had kind of like, I don't know, I I felt like I wasn't as excited as I could have been about this episode because we had gotten a a preview, you know, it was kind of cheating, but the next one we're like, we don't know anything, so Wow. What's it gonna be? Yeah, and particularly the key pages they
0: showed us from the preview were, were pretty good. We can get our brains turning about what to expect from 348 bef- months before we got here. Moving forward, though, any, is anything. It could be
3: anything.
2: Yeah, so. I mean, we had the dolls, the caffeine, and the dogs, So that, yep. that's uh, and the sprite. So you know, like, we we had we all
1: like, yeah, the major but, elements of the.
2: But, uh, yeah, what's next? You know,
1: it's gonna be yeah. big.
2: Yes, it is. All
0: right, that's it for 348. We'll be back in a month to talk about 349. Um, I wanted to take a quick little moment here to talk about Zelda. Uh, Zelda!
1: (laughs) which
2: Which we've all been playing to death.
0: Yeah, so that's the cool part. Is like, I don't have to, like, if you've not played Zelda Breath of the Wild, you should probably stop listening because it is a game about discovery and about exploration more than i'd say most games that and i'm gonna i'm gonna say all the
3: secrets stuff. so they better get off yeah. now
0: <laughs> i've been having a lot of fucking fun with this game more than i do over most games and it, it's been all-encompassing for me if i'm not playing it i'm thinking about it and that's always a good sign for a game to for me if it's it's the game i feel like i've always wanted nintendo to make uh, since like the original legend of zelda I went back and played through Legend of Zelda again, like mm. in 2002, after not beating it as a kid. And I was just like blown away by Ooh, the freedom you didn't beat it as a kid. Fuck Ooh. no. Not when I was eight years old. I was. It was not I up did. I
3: beat it when not, I was four years old. <laughs> no, I was, <laughs> I was, I was eight. <laughs> uh,
2: I think I was seven, actually.
3: Okay.
0: <laughs> but this. Zelda One has been in my head throughout this game. Just that I got the same sense if you come to a new area. Well, like, have you can seen that see artwork that
3: they? I think it was official where they took the the artwork of yes. Link looking over the mountains in Zelda One, and they did it with his new outfit, basically. So oh, I mean, yeah, they they are very but conscious also, of the fact the that the logo
0: uh, in the the Japanese logo is the same font as the original Legend mm. of Zelda. Like, that was intentionally
2: yes. done. Yeah, yeah. Um, those, but I feel those... like go ahead. No, I was just going to say, there's one thing because, you know, I'm the, I'm the kind of guy, I'm going to talk about the part that I don't like. There's one <laughs> thing, like, I can't say if, you know, I, yeah, I'm, I'm getting right into it. Um, I think it's it's too light on story, on the storytelling. And, mm. you know, like, if you compare it to Ocarina of Time, for example, Ocarina of Time's story was really masterful, and it's a story that, you know, that stuck with you. And um, and I think this one, you know, like, the, the game itself is is amazing. The gameplay is great. The world is amazing. Everything is great. I think the story is uh, is pretty weak, and uh, the voice acting is not so. Uh, I don't like the, the voice. I would rather have had no voice acting, basically. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to talk about the end of the game or anything like that. But yeah, I've seen I I, the story is pretty weak. It's
3: I, uh, yeah. Well, first I was just going to say, you know, that I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much everything you have to say about the story. To me, my lowest point with the game was... And some of the memories are kind of cool. Like, it has... You know, it's up and down on the memories. Some of them are good, some of them aren't. I think when you... I think you'll like that, uh, the last memory that you mentioned not finding earlier when we talked about it. But... uh, I I also think it doesn't really matter for this game. Like, in a sense that uh, its strength, you know, isn't in that, and it's actually... Not Mm -hmm. a good thing that it's disposable, but that it doesn't really matter, because, you know, when I beat the game, I was not thrilled with the plot and thought, oh, that was pretty weak. But, you know, since then, I've continued playing it, and I mean, it just doesn't really matter to the experience overall, and, you know, that could be a fault, like it could have been better, but also, maybe, maybe it just is what it is, like, it just didn't need to be that, you know, important, and I think the fact that they didn't emphasize it, like, they could have made you have those memories in order somehow, they could have been more Mm -hmm. rigid... They could have made it, they could have focused more on the plot experience, but I do think they kind of made that, by design, a little bit disposable. Yeah,
2: yeah I, to- I totally agree. I just think, you know, uh, I wouldn't say it holds it back from greatness, because I think it's a great game, but I think, like, you know, some people, like, you know, on Twitter or whatever, are saying it's a, you know best Zelda game or best game ever or whatever. I think... The story being weak, like it just, you know, it, it holds it back from, you know, like from, from being truly the best game that will ever be made or anything like that. But yeah, I totally agree. It's, it's by design. You know, they made a game about, you know, it's a gameplay, the mechanics and the story, uh, was something that they tacked on afterwards. And I mean, I, I fully love the game as it is. I just wish they had, you know, maybe, uh, given a, a little bit more in that respect. Yeah, I could
0: care less about the story. I, I realized pretty quickly on. I think it was even after I got off the plateau. I was like, this game is not going to be story focused, and yeah. what I've seen of the story does not necessarily blow me away. And I'm cool with that because I feel uh, like
3: the story is the world.
0: Yeah, yeah. totally. The, the The best parts of the the memories I'm making with this game, the most exciting parts, are things that happen kind of spontaneously. Mm-hmm. They're not even scripted. They're just like amazing things that happen. Yeah, um, of course. Like so, so, when so, so. you.
2: I was just going to say, that's actually the strength of the game, I think. Like, you know, the the fact it's a huge, huge huge-ass world, an open world is great, but I think what really, really makes it great is the fact, you know, it's just uh, like a physics engine. You know, you just put a bomb... On a slope and watch it roll down and just detonate it when it reaches the enemies, and you have your fun like that. Yeah, and there are
0: like, there are different personalities and characteristics and like weird things that can happen that are like, uh, different systems interacting. Like, one that I thought was crazy was I was fighting like five moblins at once, or not moblins, bokoblins early on in the game, and I ran out of weapons and eventually it smacked one guy's weapon out of his hand. So I went and picked it up, it was a spear. And then I, I was, it was getting, you know, I got the notification that said that this weapon's about to break. So I was, I threw it at him, which is what you do, right? And then he picked it up out of the air. He went, yeah, and he picked it up and then he killed me with it. (laughs) He picked it up because it was his weapon. It was his spear that he was familiar with. If I had thrown any other spear, it would have hit him and killed him, but because it was his. It, he, he was able it. to yeah. intercept it. It's fucking awesome.
1: Yeah, that part of it is fun. You're you're kind of making your own drama, and in that case, it was an action slash tragedy. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was I was okay
0: dying that way. I was it was worth it.
1: You could always have a good laugh after you die. Certain yeah, times.
3: Yeah, I mean, like uh, the sense. I've just sense of discovery, the- sense
0: of wonder in this game.
3: Right. I'm still having that. Like I'm, I'm over a hundred hours in. I beat the game a long, long time ago, like hours wise, and I've, I continue to play it, and I'll still be like, climbing some stupid, you know, peak somewhere, and finding some weird little Korok puzzle, or you know, another hidden shrine or something, and it's just like, oh my god, you know, this, I haven't, I haven't been to this part of the world yet. You know, I discovered Mm -hmm. another town, like another one of the major towns. I missed it for like, you know. All these, all this time, and I just found it uh, the other day, and wow. I was like, wow. So it's yeah, just. It's yeah, sort of, I
0: expect things like that to keep happening, because yeah. I, I have, as you know, guys know, I have mandated myself to only explore the eastern half of the continent. <laughs> I still
2: have not ventured western and half of the
0: continent. Wow, no way. Any other still not. I, there's, a, there's an
2: entire half of the map I have not touched. Well, you know, actually, it's crazy, because there's stuff you found, Walter, that I myself haven't found yet and uh, yeah I think I think I'm uh, about a hundred was in or yeah. I've
0: more. combed the eastern continent clean and, basically at this point and like mm-hmm.
2: this stuff like this stuff I know you found I haven't found and I'm like it's, it's the same goes for the springs you know like there's uh, these different springs I still miss one of the great fairies which I haven't mm-hmm. found I've, I've, I've searched really I, I've combed I feel like a lot of the world but I haven't found her so you're it, not gonna find the- her <laughs> yeah <laughs> Go fuck yourself! <laughs> Damn it! I've I have you know. Well, there's so much stuff. There's so much stuff yeah. well, left the, to be the done. The other
3: thing is the variety of things to do, and that it's all fun. Like I'll I'll get bogged down on something. Like I'll start upgrading armor. You know, I'll be looking for fairies. I'll be looking for materials. And you know, in most games, in the you know, I felt like, uh oh, I'm at the end game. I'm I'm maxing this out, and then I'm going to be bored of it. But no, I just go to something else, and I start playing with the horses. Then I start doing more shrines. Then I do mm. this or that. Then I discover some other side quest I wasn't even, you know, I didn't know existed, and I get into that. Mm. And so just, and then it, it just sort of builds up where it's like, my God, the, just the amount of fun, distraction, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Hey, I yeah. See was- Playing is
0: fun, right? Like, you know, I recently played through Skyrim again, which I, I played through it like in 2011, and I picked Skyrim back up, I don't know, six months ago, and like, I loved exploring new areas. But the, the game's just not fun to play. Like, I don't care how you slice it. Like, it's a big world, yes, and let's do I discover, but it's not fun. Like, every moment of this game, regardless of what you're doing, it has, like, it's Nintendo polish on it that makes it, like, fun yeah. to just execute things.
2: I think it's because, you know, they were clever in that they did not put too much content when it wasn't needed. You know, in Skyrim, you gotta manage your inventory, you gotta... You know, oh, you fuck. go into you go in a cave. You find twenty like I don't know, uh, you know, um, pieces of paper. Pi- yeah, pickaxes, pieces of papers, you know, watermelons, whatever. Yeah. And you know, like, and it bugs you down because you know yeah sure it's realistic uh, d- you know with air quotes that you can only grab i don't know 30 watermelons and not more uh <laughs> but yeah i mean you're not playing the game to. it's not an inventory management game you know and that's why the yeah. first mod that always comes out for this game is infinite inventory because mm-hmm. like that's already one big burden and so and it's also like griff was saying earlier personally when i play i'm i'm like okay i'm gonna go to the shrine then Along the way, I find something else, which I investigate, some guy getting attacked, or I find some other thing. And, you know, I'm always, I have a hard time actually following through on what I start doing. It's that going Mm -hmm. from point A to point B, I do, you know, C, D, E, F, G, H, you know, on on the way, you Mm -hmm. know.
0: It's as evidenced by my six different highlights you can make on the map. (laughs) <laughs> um, I'm, I never have any to use because I've already used them all. Yeah, I have to use some <laughs> bullshit I saw in the distance and I never actually you know followed up on.
2: Yeah, I, I've stopped using them since uh, I found most of the shrines. At least you know, yeah. like a lot of them. And Now the I'm using stickers, ones. so I, I'm putting stickers everywhere. The problem is they're kind of limited. So yeah, <laughs> I put yeah, stickers. Yeah, what the hell? But- why isn't there
0: one for like fuck? It's like there's some super obviously missing ones, right? Like yeah. why why am I ever going to need the bow and arrow one? Because there's yeah, a bow and arrow it. there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I put,
2: uh, you know, I put one uh, on the spot where there's a lot of bomb arrows. And that's, that's pretty okay, useful. Okay, that's side. not bad. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's the only one. And But uh, yeah, I mean... So I'm putting these stickers all over the place. And then I don't remember what they mean. So i like... Yeah, you have hmm. to...
3: Well, for one thing, I marked all the... You have... I mean, I don't know. It's not really a spoiler. It's like a shrine thing. The mm-hmm. test of strength in the shrines... Yeah. yeah. Well, those uh, the the enemies in those will respawn after the Blood Moon, so I always oh. mark those with the skull, and wow. so oh, that, that I know to go smart. back there because you can get weapons from them—the yeah. ancient weapons.
0: Mm. Right. You gotta burn weapons to get them, though. But I, I see you mean guardian weapons. Though. Yeah. Okay. Gotta get that
1: good to, stuff.
0: To go back real quick to one thing, you know, Azilia, you started by saying you didn't like the story. Like, I'm. Personally, I made my peace with that. I'm cool. I never really go to Zelda for the story anyway. I, I know. There's the uh, one of
3: the... I think
0: a few
2: ahead. of them had, had uh, great stories. One but yeah, the, I mean, major, I also... Uh,
3: one of them has a good story in the, Like, uh, what am I trying to say? One of the... Basically, the Divine Beast has a pretty good a story attached to it, I felt like.
2: Okay, cool. Which, which one? Just out of curiosity.
3: Uh, with uh, Let me not get too specific. The Ruta? The uh,
2: Elephant. Oh, fuck, I've, Oh uh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I like that one. I
3: yeah, I did that one first, but, and so the others were all kind of a letdown afterwards. Oh, mm-hmm. that's I did so
2: uh, the. <laughs> I did the. Uh, so I I did the desert one first. Uh wow.
3: That was and I, I um
2: I like it. One, I like the I liked the desert. Yeah, it was okay.
0: The one thing that to me is missing, and to me is like the part that's like, oh, if only, because to me, I'm like story. Whatever, it's fine. But to me, it's like dungeons, like that atmosphere yeah. of a dungeon that you get from Zelda 1 walking in, the gloomy music, the gloomy, like in the overbearing yeah. size of a dungeon. They have technically yeah. dungeons in the Divine Beasts, but they are not nearly oh, what I was yeah. saying. They're, they're expecting. So small. They're yeah, are, are lame. they're lame. They're, they're and they're not like, intimidating, right? No. It's not like an intimidating challenge. It's usually like a bunch
2: of tiny puzzles
0: it's that you can, a, can solve. It's actually
3: a very sterile <laughs> atmosphere, too, actually. Yeah. Mm. I, I you just know,
2: it, yeah i was just gonna say i like uh what they did with the beast uh, in the ways you can you know reconfigure the environment i yeah. thought that was neat that is cool yeah i agree and clever. uh but but yeah it's like uh and and the um, i feel like the puzzles in them are clever but yeah i mean like to me the bosses uh maybe like personality a bit and yeah, that's not it's, it's too small it's not big enough i mean for my mm-hmm. personal taste
0: yeah, I, I would even take, I mean, God forbid, a smaller world in terms of game dev time to have expansive, like, eight expansive dungeons, like, yeah. beneath the and world I, mean, they've got, I would have totally built that.
3: They've got some natural occurrence, like, the labyrinth areas, if you've been to any yeah. of the mazes. Yeah, uh, so is
2: that, cool? is that cool?
3: Yeah, those are cool. They're kind of natural. But, yeah, I mean, I do wish they had a little bit more of the... In, my, in, in the review I put, I said, you know, maybe you have, like, 20 or 30 less shrines, and have, mm-hmm. like you were saying, like maybe four other dungeons besides the Divine Beasts that are maybe on the ground, you know, sort mm-hmm. of like a mm-hmm. catacomb, an actual castle dungeon. I mean, you, you do yeah. get that in Hyrule Castle, but, uh, yeah, that, yeah that, you... to me, that is the, the only sort of blemish from the Even,
2: game. Even uh, Hyrule Castle, you know, I mean, I don't know, but I myself just, you know, climbed it from the outside. I mean, I didn't...
0: What? The whole thing? You got rid of everything?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, I mostly I didn't. I know you can. Well, I don't want to spoil the thing, but you can follow a path, so you can just, you know. Yeah, you definitely can, a path. You can get to the top and just, you know, like fuck these guys. I, I, you know, killed a few of those guardians, easy enough. And I just, I was like, hmm, what's this place? Hmm, oh, oh, well, it's the well. final
3: boss. <laughs>
2: yeah, I was like, well, you know, I, I saved just before because I was like, hmm, this looks like. That might be, and I didn't expect it to be the last boss. So, so, yeah, but yeah, I agree. I think, you know, they went specifically by design. They decided to not do big dungeons, but to split them into all these shrines. Right. A little bite and, size uh, chunks. That, Yeah, and there's so many of these. And I think it's also because of, uh, you know, the way people play these days. You know, they probably felt like uh, bite-sized, you know, uh, mortals sure. w- were better off. But yeah, I, I kind of miss the idea of entering a big ass dungeon with a big ass boss at the end and you find uh, an item in it I mean I think that's pretty timeless uh, from a design perspective
3: I think it's consistent so it? from the the design of don't let don't get bogged down on any one thing for too yeah. long you know so it's like even the Divine Beasts are the closest thing to those traditional uh, Zelda dungeons and even they're kind of mm-hmm. uh, truncated yeah they,
2: they can be done in like 30 minute stops yeah I mean,
3: exactly. <laughs> But yeah, like you were uh-huh. saying, it's like they sort of uh, – to sort of play with that big world to explore, they made the dungeons. They split them up into those tiny little bite-sized ones so that you can
0: – And the sh- the sh- some of the shrines are like, I could have just not done that. Like when you go down, <laughs> you have two loading screens to get there or whatever it is, right? Well, and then the- you get there and it's like, here's a chest. Well, it's they also they
3: have those uh, shrine quests where basically the trial is to find the shrine. And then when yeah. you go down, I- it just I- – I'm fine chest. with that. Yeah.
2: I like
0: that, these. This was, Yeah, the fun there is finding it, but sometimes you find a, sh- a shrine It's like, you did a good job getting here. I used a bomb arrow. It wasn't that tough. I don't think I deserved this, but okay. Uh, but in, in the, the, the combat shrines got really dulled. I got, I got so many of them back to back. I was just like, just give me a cool puzzle at some point, you know?
2: Yeah, uh, I anyway. got them. I didn't do them. Like, I didn't too many of them. I did mostly puzzles and with a uh, combat shrine from time to time. So I didn't mind. I, I did do like, Uh, Three or four in a row uh, recently, but I didn't mind. I was so powerful. I just, you know, (laughs) tore through them.
3: Well, I think another thing from these different experiences and just the fact that, like, you know, you got, uh, Walter, like, all those uh, too many combat shrines in a row is just how uncontrolled and uncurated the experience is. How they kind of do just, they let you go and you're going to have whatever experience you have. And that's, for the most part, uh, very refreshing and makes for a good time. That's true.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. But like, sometimes something I, like that'll be
3: a consequence of it.
0: Yeah, like me and Azil always talk about what we're playing, and like yet even though we were both super into Zelda, as soon as we got off the plateau, we were basically radio silence because we can't talk about this game yeah, because everything, everything, everything is different. Diverges. Yeah, it diverges as soon as you go off the plateau. Yeah, and you're like oh well, I can't tell you which direction I went or which village I found first or which you know. And yeah, I'm still so. every yeah. day I'm having
3: those moments where I'm like I'm on some crazy mountain or you know, beautiful and I haven't been on and I'm like, fuck, I can't believe this is in this game too. <laughs> like mm-hmm. after all this <clears> other <throat> stuff I've already seen and done. Yeah. Yep. So you said not the best game ever, as So where where do you rank it in the Zelda?
2: Oh no. Uh, question.
0: Um,
3: yeah the gotta rank it I would, in the Zelda.
2: I will I will be a classicist and uh, rank it fourth.
3: Oh that that is my number for it as well. I've got it up to four. It's it's
0: it's not. I haven't finished it yet. I'm only forty hours in. I still have fifty percent of the game to finish. Um, it's like top three for me easily. I think uh, if I, you
3: if you take out like legacy considerations, there's a good top three case. Even you know on paper, objectively in a vacuum, you could say this is the the best one. Just you know because it's the newest and it's very good. It has the benefits yeah, I mean, of all it, modern bells it, and whistles. It's
2: it's. Uh, I mean, it's hard for me to like to not. Take into account when it was made and what right. you know what it built on. So,
3: versus the, yeah, the if you, if you being it, more original.
2: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, but I, I do. I mean, I don't know. Well, it's just a matter of opinion, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I I consider the time each game was released and what had come out before and what each builds on, and so to How me, much it's force. But it had. Yeah, but it's not like I don't say that as a you know. It's not a diss. I mean, yeah, you know, force yeah. have got the game is. You're still pretty I fucking mean, good, so I
3: think it's just a great thing that Nintendo couldn't especially after I think it's become sort of commonplace to complain about the new Zeldas. I think ever since yeah. Twilight Princess well, it's sort you of know, been like, oh, you yeah. know, this is old hand and it it had gotten kind of stale, the formula.
2: Yeah. I think, you know, like Twilight Princess was Uh, was nice it had great elements but it was kind of you know like lacked something and Skyward Sword I I thought was a a pretty low point yeah so yeah this one is really great I mean uh, I am pleased that they managed to renew themselves like that
1: uh,
3: yeah it feels like uh, the next worthy transcendent you know successor in this this series that's had many games like that
2: yeah I agree
0: Yeah, it's an exciting time to be, for for Nintendo, I'm I'm really glad they kind of hit a home run here, because as you say, it was dwindling, and I feel like it's been like more than a decade since they really knocked one out of the park, like the last one I can think of was like Mario Galaxy, for me personally, that was the last game that made me go like, holy shit, Nintendo, and then it's been, that was 2007, so 2006, so it's been a while.
2: Hmm. Well, I kind of like the, you know, the Zelda on uh, the 3DS, the, you know, uh, Zelda 3 Remake,
3: Oh, the link between mm-hmm. worlds. Yeah, that, that was, was fun. You yeah. know what? That one was the first one, and that was the last one actually. So I mean, they've sort of turned it around uh, since Skyward Sword.
0: Mm. Well, yeah, some of Breath of the Wild is kind of embedded in that game in terms of like having Getting all your the options at from disposal. the outset.
3: Yep.
0: Right, yeah. just d- d- divorcing items from dungeons, basically.
3: Yeah. Except in this one, they uh, they had the innovation of that you don't have to do that because they just give them to you, so they don't do the thing mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, this is the bomb dungeon. You're only going to use bombs <laughs> in here. You know, they they give you basically everything you need at the start, and you. It's funny because,
2: in the shrines, you know, like there's a bunch of shrines where you're obviously supposed to use fire.
3: But <laughs> you I didn't. just use the fire I, arrows or something to chip. Yep.
2: <laughs> I used, I used, I not even that because I'm a chipskate, So I use bombs. You know, I just blew like for <laughs> example, those leaves going yeah. to like a wooden plank, and <laughs> I just throw a bomb, and I'm like, you know, fuck you guys. I'm not using a fire arrow for this, or even yeah. like a standout arrow firing <laughs> through a torch. You know, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I suggest you know you can. There's a lot of stuff you can do like that in this game. You can. <laughs> I, it's not really cheating, but, you know, you're not following what they planned, you know. Well,
3: that's the other great thing is that, you know, you don't have to follow the plan. You know, there's, you know, you can think of a logical solution and it'll work. Whereas in past games, maybe you'll think of something even more logical than the the weird arbitrary solution that, that there is for the puzzle. And the game won't reward you for that, you know, this one will.
0: Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm that, I'm sure that was intentional, given the the varying tools they gave you. Like yeah. one is to physically move objects. Like they 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 knew the doors that they were opening. Like one, well, the most salient example of that is like the the time where they give you three metal blocks to you have to you know, stack them on top of each other. Was what you're supposed to do. But you can also just do other crazy shit like leaning them against walls and like yeah. at, at angles mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> well, to and, get there quicker. And there's a And, you know, the game sometimes will force you. I did one the other day. It was a sort of a quest shrine where, you know, you have to do the work on the outside, and they take your gear away. And so... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. And so, yeah, and so you have to fight one of those Hinox guys. And, you know, I'm thinking, like, fuck, how am I going to fight this guy? And so at one point, Mm -hmm. I picked up with the the Magnesis power, I picked up... uh, some metal boxes that were around, and I just started slapping them in the face with them, and it was yeah. and it was really effective, actually, and I was like, "Oh wow, I never thought to actually just you know swing it back and forth like a bat, you know, and hitting things, you know, I mm-hmm. drop them on people and stuff like that, but uh, yeah, so it you was, can do the
0: same with metal weapons too, yeah, but it's not nearly as effective as just doing it yourself at that point,
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, the boxes are uh, are pretty strong, yeah, you can like uh with uh, book goblins, I just you send them flying, it's pretty fun. <laughs>
1: Well, you can use bombs to launch those things
2: action. too, but it's not as effective as just using a bomb. So,
0: but it's fun. I like it's just—it's
3: also fun. Like I've—you know—I'll I've, go check out some YouTube videos of people just doing really weird stuff with the physics engines and finding all those funny little characteristics. Like you were saying, <laughs> like the the guy catching his weapon in midair mm-hmm. and then using it against you, or you know, the moblin runs out of weapons, so he grabs a Bokoblin and throws him at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, fun.
1: That's kind of
2: uh, an uh, ogre, you know, from Berserk moments uh, yeah. <laughs> moment, you know. That and have the, you ever
0: seen have you ever seen a Bokoblin kick a bomb?
2: Oh yeah. I ha- I have. But not yeah. often actually. Because yeah, I usually detonate be. them before they manage to kick them. Well there's a, there's <laughs>
3: yeah. I mean there's so much weird stuff you wouldn't even think to do, like that where you can like freeze the bomb in midair before they throw it. You know, and yeah. all sorts of funny, you know, just little physical <laughs> physics engine hiccups that you can that aren't unintentional, but are just. It's funny that
2: uh, the yeah the time stop thing is very powerful, but it's it's kind of tricky to use in combat. But when you when you do, it's uh, it's pretty fun because you can, like, for example, you know, you rack up the damage. And when they unfreeze, the guys basically explode, you know, with all the damage you did. So <laughs> I have never
0: done that before.
2: Yeah, you can do... Uh, well, it depends on the enemy. Of course, uh, stronger the enemy, the less time it does. But for example, I've killed uh, Lionel doing you know, doing that, you know, just freezing him and blah, 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 blah. Then oh my God, when I gotta do that. When he's unfrozen, so you... I don't know, you got maybe five seconds. But mm-hmm. by the time he's unfrozen, he kind of falls down. Then you can get on his back. And you know you you <laughs> you know you you slam him some more you know so it's pretty fun because yeah you can actually get on their backs like yeah. horses you know
3: well you know yeah you but can th- mount the Lynels. I've mounted a bear uh yeah. the oh, nice <laughs> you know there's all yeah. sorts of you never know you've seen a bear a bear can... I
2: I I don't think I even saw a bear in the game
3: yeah there's bears they're kind wow. of rare Ooh.
2: yeah I I haven't seen a bear never fuck. seen one fuck and me, they man. they
3: run away too
2: oh. Mm. Well, I've seen. Okay, I've so seen. That's a bloopy. A bloopy's hmm? uh no. There's a bloopy. That was that was a joke. It was a joke. Okay. <laughs> what about? Uh, have you seen the the undead horse?
3: I I've heard about it, but I haven't seen it. I've ser- people have I, talked to me in the game about it.
2: Yeah, I've. You know, sorry if I spoil you guys, but I I found them really early the hundred uh, horses, and so yeah, I, I've. I rode and I think I took a screenshot of one actually. Did you but, register um, one? No, no, because they're, oh, in a, they're in a. I don't think so. Is a special to, place. It has
3: to be a horse and alive. Those are the rules. Hang on
2: a second. Yeah. This, I, can,
0: can skeleton bokoblins ride the undead horses? Well, <laughs> is yeah. there a skull knight what, in what,
2: the game? What do you think? Why do you think? <laughs> of course. Of course, I so. of course they do. And so, so I, you know, yeah, I reached that place and I was like, what is this guy? So I shut them down and then I rode the horse. And I was like, fuck, <laughs> dude. And I got away, but yeah, you can't really, I mean, I, I'm not going to say anymore, but yeah, it was, it's pretty fun. Hmm.
3: No, I've tried so registering uh, all sorts of things only to have the, the stable guy basically call me a joker. <laughs> that's <laughs> not, the, that's not a whore.
2: So the thing is, yeah, I, uh. Funny thing is, I found this uh, this place with the undead horses super long ago, and uh, I haven't been about to find it again because now I need it for some kind of side quest, and I and I can't find it again. And um, the same goes for one of the fairy fountains uh, with the ones that stand. I found it. And I can't. I can't. I have been looking at the pouring over the map. I cannot find it again. Yeah, it's pretty which is insane.
0: It, it on the map. It labels fairy. Yeah, fairy yeah, fountains.
2: yeah. I know there's a uh, okay. okay. What do you mean? There's labels? Yeah, it says a uh, spring of whatever, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it even says like fairy like fountain on the map. Like great fairy fountain. After you find it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I, I don't know. I haven't been. You know, the map is big. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's too I can I, tell you where two of them are. Well, I there's two which I remember, but uh, yeah. I don't know. I'll, I'll just find it again. Okay. Anyway, yeah, it's pretty fun.
3: But yeah, it's. I mean, it's just a crazy. It's an amazing about face considering how sort of rigid. And uh, the the series had become, I mean, very, I mean, at least the main series, Skyward Sword was very much almost like an amusement park ride experience where, you know, you kind of yeah. had to do what they <laughs> said when they said, and, you know, it's, it was still fun. They're all good games. But it just had gotten yeah. So I had a good time
0: away. with Skyward Sword. I feel like, that I, you know there there are parts of Skyward Sword that I really mm-hmm. love. Yeah, like, catching yeah. butterflies with the the control. Yeah, like it being that specific about turning your wrist was like awesome.
2: And yeah. the skydiving was great. I I feel like one of the things that really held the game back is uh, all the hand-holding, You know, yeah, like you can't you can't do anything without a menu telling you like your fight, telling you everything again and again and. This is a bomb. It explodes. Oh, yeah. It, like, okay. It, it it fucking, I think that ruined the game. To be honest. So it's and amazing also, that
3: they completely were able to drop that here.
2: Yeah. Well, I yeah, think the, I think they got the message when people, when people, you know, kept throwing shit in the face. You know, <laughs> maybe they don't like it. But uh, yeah, and I also didn't like. I mean, I also didn't like uh, Skyward Souls. You know, the boss, the things they did with the final boss was fucking weird.
3: Yeah. Well,
2: you mean Zod. He has a big toes, you know. I that thought kind it was a Kuma. <laughs> Yeah. Oh wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't mean that one. That one was cool enough. I meant the oh, thing mean before. The, you know, uh,
3: like the the stupid black walking thing.
2: Yep. Yeah, it's a black walking thing where you have to stub his toes. You know, <laughs> that's where <what laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's growth like or whatever. Toast. Yeah, and then he turns into you know Ganon from like yeah, but he's not Ganon.
3: It's it's Ganon, but it's not Ganon. Where it's just yeah, it's you
2: know the prime idea of Ganon.
0: Yeah,
3: well, I'm gonna uh, call it a
0: close, guys. I could talk about Zelda all day. I really could. (laughs) But thanks for joining, and we'll be back in a month.